Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, Craig. Hey, Jeff. I still didn't make a song. <laughs> I, you know what I, I you know what I've come to the realization. <laughs> you know what's funny? I'm laughing right now. It's a genuine laugh too, and we just talked about this. So it's like I'm like, I don't know. It just struck me as so, funny again. So the the I I've 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 come to this realization that I'm just not gonna do it because <laughs> I'm not good at it and I don't wanna learn. Um and I'm kinda tone deaf, so I'm not very good at making music. Uh but what I'm gonna say is if you, the listener, want to submit a theme song, uh, we yeah. will happily welcome it. And I will free reign, whatever you want to do. Um, we'd love if you uh, put in like the phrase, like, we don't care, uh, would be great. Um, yep. And whatever, you know, whatever you like from the show or hate from the show, whatever. Yep. Um, if, if you want to make a song, uh, let us know. Um, um, or just send it to us. I don't care. Uh, podcast, podcast vs everyone at uh, gmail.com or yeah. you know, you know, you can hit us up on Twitter um, at the Craig Powers or at Pod vs everyone. Um, just if you if you have any ideas or if you want to uh, just like put you know something just like you know not too long. Um, uh, but just. If if you want to do it, maybe we got some creative listeners. I'll probably figure out some way to to compensate you. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you like beer, I, but that I, would but be I one just way. Came, yeah, but I just came up with this, so I don't really know. And uh, <laughs> and we we and, and the downloads haven't been great so far. So tell your friends. Yeah, we'll have more cash to spend on on the. Yeah, song. well, you know, maybe maybe all the people who subscribed on Spotify, hopefully we're we're getting them sorted out because. I like Spotify and Stitcher I, and well, it's no joke. Like, like I watch our downloads drop off and it was like, man, our downloads have really dropped off. And then it was like, oh, wait, like Spotify, the one of the Spotify feeds, apparently there's two Spotify feeds. One of the Spotify feeds stopped updating like, I don't know, six, seven episodes ago, <laughs> like in December. <laughs> stopped up yeah. updating and it was yeah, like we got emails that are like hey um are you guys making yeah i mean i don't know, I mean, I don't know how many like, people yeah. that was screwing up but i have a feeling yeah, but, it might have been more than a few so um so yeah tell a friend like if you have a friend you know that listens to, like stitcher or poverty uh, or like uh spotify or one of anything yeah. that's not itunes itunes seems to be fine everything else seems to be gotten screwed up um and they have complained to you about no new episodes that's why just tell them you have to go find the other feed and that one had there's two feeds because we you know we merged with uh the kook center hour and uh that just all hell broke loose i don't know if you notice that we have three different itunes feeds it's bananas but um, <laughs> it's definitely not the ideal setup 
no. Uh, so sorry. Um, we've tried to get it fixed, uh, but it's not getting fixed. Um, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that's we have a lot of uh, uh, admin stuff up top. But this is podcast versus everyone. Episode yes, it one, is. One hundred and thirteen. Oh. Good God. Um, Remember when we started this thing and we were like, <laughs> I'll bet we last like five minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 113, uh, 113 man episodes that is so much time listening it to is. us so i'm i'm craig powers with me is jeff newser hello uh, that's me um thank you for saying through admin talk um yeah so let's let's dig into basketball again which Do we have uh, to? A, a weekend that just started out so great and just ended so yeah. shitty um let's look so, back so at shitty. let's look back at the happy part uh wsu um, on the on the back of Isaac Bonton and, and some good defense, um, upset UCLA uh, for the second straight year in Pullman. That was a blast. That was fun. Really beat the shit out of them and, and just kind of gave it back a little bit at the end, but it never yep. really was close um, yep. at the end. Uh, it felt like it, they were, you know, going to blow it. I know um, anybody who follows you on Twitter, <laughs> like, so you took so you took the little, uh, you took the Ken Palm, you know, win probability graph, and like compared it to how we were actually feeling in the moment, and uh, I thought it was very accurate. Actually, like it was just like UCLA. Basically, it represented that UCLA was going to win right up until the last second. When yes. okay, fine, we're finally going to win. And I mean, okay, I put there's out there's tweet- three seconds left. We yeah, yeah. Win. Like I tweeted, I never got within seven. We had it the whole way. <laughs> Like it definitely did not <laughs> feel like feel that. that it was yeah, never think, less than a three possession game though. Yeah. I think UCLA at one point got a steal down seven. And I think Jaime Jaquez had a three pointer wide open three in the corner. Yeah. And I think I said, right, he missed it. And I was like, if he would have hit that, we were definitely going to lose. Like <laughs> if, if that went down, I think there was still over two minutes left at that point. It's like, Oh my God, yep. we were definitely going to lose it that. Um, but yeah, so that was great. Um, Bonton again, just electric. Um, he started out really slowly and then just turned it on. I think there was probably about a 20 minute stretch when he scored most of his points, um, and just blitzed, uh, UCLA. And then of course, you know, the three point shooting from, um, uh, jazz and from DJ, uh, was huge and, that was and it was great to and I think we saw against a team like UCLA that has played so many wings, you know, that plays such a small lineup to have Ryan Rapp and DJ Rodman back defensively um, was a big deal. Yep. Yeah, it made a huge difference because, you know, UCLA basically plays one big man and then like four dudes who are like six, five to six, seven. And then sometimes and- the, sometimes they play that six, five kid. That that athletic six five guy I can't remember his name, but that athletic six five kid, like as the five, right? Um, yep. I've, yep. Let me see. yeah, his name, but yeah, he he was like guarding uh, Deshaun Jackson in the post, um, at, and you're like, what the heck is going on here? Um, but yeah, so it was nice to be able to kind of match them like wing for wing and stuff on defense. And they just weren't as open. And then, of course, they also missed some damn shots, like which was nice. Yeah, that was so. nice. <laughs> Not shooting seventy percent 
uh, from all over was, the floor was was J- definitely a nice difference. So Jalen Clark six five one ninety five was playing center for Spurts in that game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they I mean they were real 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 thin up front. Uh, you know Hill didn't play. Uh, Riley was in foul trouble like the entire night. He fouled out in ten minutes. Ten damn minutes he fouled out. Um, yeah, so Noah. Were, Noah didn't have a great game, but he came out right after halftime, and they they drew up a play for him to slot the same play they ran twice where he was getting a, a back cut basically. Yep. And the, um, and that put him on Riley and he was able to draw two quick fouls on Riley, put him at four fouls, like right away in the second yep. half. So like he went from two to four, like immediately. Yep. And, that and was his, great. his fifth foul ended up being extremely stupid foul too. Um, and so like, I think, didn't he try to like step in and draw a charge or something and was like, like way later or something. Yeah. Like that. And it, it, it canceled out an F a dunk, but yeah, then you're yeah, like, yeah. ah, that's fine. Yeah, it we'll, worked we'll out. Okay. The, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so they, so Mick Cronin was left with, you know, two options. He was either going to play some extremely inexperienced centers. Uh, one, Mac Yeah. And one kid is apparently, I didn't know this until the game. And then they told us 14 times, but um, I think it was Eddie N uh, was, yeah. was literally graduated from high school in December. And yeah. then and then enrolled and started playing because yep. this year doesn't count for anything. So, you know, he's not burning up a year of eligibility. So they just like he enrolled in, <laughs> in January and and started playing. And so um, so he played 14, like incredibly ineffective minutes. Uh, you know, he did have some rebounds, but didn't really do much else. And so so, of course, Cronin says, all right, well, let's let's just go hyper small, um, turn up the pressure, press, press, press. And, and then, of course that worked and that was the part where we all started you know getting the butt pucker like yeah not that was where what was gonna happen that was where noah who had fouled out like on some just not like bullshit total fouls. bullshit his fifth foul uh where it was like a rebound and he was behind and didn't even touch the guy yeah um they called that was his fifth ridiculous. foul and um yeah he's just got a reputation and they're gonna Yep. They're going to call him him and Effa between the two. They were both there. They were going to call yep. it on one of them. Yep. Um, but, but, but yeah, so he was fouled out not having, you know, your kind of secondary ball handler, uh, you know, having a third ball handler on the floor would have been nice with him and rap and, and no, and then rap yep. just didn't, wasn't ready for that moment. I don't think no. quite yet. <laughs> first, yeah. first moment of the weekend that he wasn't quite ready for. Um, yeah, but yeah, it just, they, you know, it, Young, inexperienced team, uh, you know, you don't face a press very often. I mean, you know, Oregon's press was more of more of really a kind of a show me press. Like it's a it's really just kind of designed to slow you down a little bit, to be honest. It's not really designed to generate turnovers. Um, And so it just you know, you don't see very often. And, And by the way, you know, when we played Washington in Seattle, the same thing happened in the last you know, yeah. six, seven minutes. Right. You know, yeah. Washington's like, all right, well, geez, we're down by 20. Let's turn it up. And then we, we sort of fell apart for a little while. Um, you know, that one obviously was a little bit different, partly because what you said, you know, we had Noah, um, we had Noah in that game. He, you know, he had some nice finishes there down the stretch and everything turned out fine. Once we kind of tweaked a couple things, um, this one without another ball handler, I mean, we're already sort of low on ball handlers to begin with. And so, you know, it, it showed up, uh, but you know, like you said, they missed, they missed a shot at a critical moment. You know, we, uh, 
end up kind of you know making the free throw line march and and everything everything turns out a okay so uh, always good when you can beat UCLA I think you pointed out that uh, Kyle Smith now has about uh, what'd you say about ten and a half percent yeah ten percent of our of our wins all time ten and a half <laughs> ten and a half percent because we've had so few of them two of the 19 two of the 19 wins yeah so um could have been could have been even more like there was there was you know the third game last year we very lost in overtime very easily could have won that one so yeah the jeff pollard three-point barrage game yeah he could have had three could have three but at any rate yeah it's super awesome win i mean anytime you beat ucla is great um, you know, it's, uh, it's never going to be quite a fair fight with them because they're always going to, they're always going to be loaded. And, and, and to be honest, I think Cronin is, you know, he's doing a hell of a job down there already. Um, yeah, just you know, in how their defense has improved. Yes. And when their defense, even over the, when their yeah. defense really comes around to what he preaches, um, they're going to be scary because they'll, they'll have the offense intact. And the defense will be, you know, a top 50 defense and, and then they'll be they'll be really good. I know everybody was underwhelmed by by his hire. Um, I think you and I probably were pretty underwhelmed by it, too. Uh, yeah. But I, I think you can see like kind of seeing him up close now. Um, you know, he's a good coach. He's a good coach and he gets a lot out of his players and they really buy in. They play hard for him. Um, so yeah, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be a good team for some time and that's, and that's better for the conference. So, uh, any, any win you can get against UCLA feels great. Cause I, I certainly remember, um, I, I, I'm not sure if we ever beat UCLA when I was in school, but I don't think we did. Um, yeah. And, uh, so t- Tony, the, the, you know, the senior class with, uh, uh, Weaver and Lowe and Cal Gildem, they never beat UCLA. They beat yep. Taylor Rochester and Baines beat UCLA the next year in Poly, yeah. which was an even rarer occurrence. But and those UCLA um, teams were really, really good in those. Well, I mean, like a lot of the teams that they played yeah. in the Bennett years. But um, you know, I remember they had Collison, and you know, they just that 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 one year in two thousand eight. It was just like, you know, we well, gave they, it everything they had we Kevin had. Kevin Love that yeah. year, and you could but, just yeah. see the athletic difference. That that was a game where the athletic difference really made really really was the difference so mm-hmm. um so yeah always cool always cool man especially when uh when you're not completely outgunned playing against them and so um and it, it was nice that you know tiger campbell uh kind of stopped trying to do much which was sort of weird um yeah. like he was kind of getting everything he wanted for a while and then just kind of stopped doing that so i was very grateful for that that he that he stopped probing the lane and maybe it was because he he was afraid of going to the free throw line i don't know like his his free throws were were kind of an adventure um but he scored 17 points on nine shots i mean that's that's a pretty good day um it kind of makes you think maybe there was a little more meat left on the bone there but at any rate uh you know but yeah so that was good and then i mean it combined with the loss and then the extra loss uh on on saturday that that game could not have gone any worse um i mean we figured we were going to lose against usc and truthfully they put up more of a fight uh than i even expected and again they got points inside against usc again yeah Um, they played they played really good defense um uh, I know Mobley, Evan Mobley looked like he had a huge game, but they made him work for those points more than yep. anyone else has made him work for points. Yep. Um, yep. It was really just uh, 
the the, the point guard Taj Eady just going absolutely bonkers that won USC that game. Um, and then of course the struggle, you know, USC's defense is so good. Um, which was, that's, what's so more impressive about Deshaun Jackson's, you know, 18 points that he had and, um, just kind of manhandled was really abusing Evan Mobley in the post for like a solid, like five minutes, um, which was really impressive. Um, considering Evan Mobley is going to be a, you know, possibly number one pick in the draft this year. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. Like I I was impressed. (laughs) How about this? Taj Edi has scored 20 plus points twice this year. No, excuse me. Three, three, no twice. Yeah, it is twice, twice this year, both times against us. Like (laughs) what? I mean, what do you do? Like he was just, I I mean, Taj Edi is a grad transfer from Santa Clara who last year had an offensive rating of 96 at Santa Clara. Yeah. And it's 118 now. And in conference, it's 122. Like, what the fuck? Like, where did this... Mm, it's so annoying. It makes every teardrop shot that he shoots, every yeah. pull-up 15-footer, you know, everything. So irritating. So uh, irritating. Yeah. I don't know how he got good, him, but yeah. good for him. Man, it's really no no one else had a huge like a, a great game like obviously Evan Mobley got his but again like we said it took him you know he got 20 points on 13 shots sure but he also had three turnovers yep his offensive rating for the game was only 102 and he's usually yep. about 120 yep. running so yep. um I you, you got to be happy with what you did with him obviously he was superlative defensively but they also like I I mean Deshaun Jackson was eight of twelve, being largely guarded by both Mobley. But they actually had to switch Evan Mobley off of him and yeah. put his his thicker brother on him, um, which was pretty funny. Yeah, because uh, they were getting him. In, there was a risk of him getting in foul trouble, and they 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 obviously needed him because he kind of carried them for a five minute stretch, like j- to kind of put the game away. Um, but yeah, it was a real bummer. You know, they had their their trademark scoring drought, and then when the game is over uh you already have isaac bonton roll his ankle once and then going you know making a play for uh an inbounds pass that really wouldn't have mattered if they got stolen or anything nope. uh, bonton gets you know collides with someone and then that knocks him off balance and he rolls his ankle really much more severely and they have to carry him off and obviously uh, it's at least bad enough to keep him out for yeah. uh, one game. Yeah, it looked real, real bad. Like I don't know, it was funny. You know, after the game, Kyle Smith was like, "Well, you know, he's he's tough, and we'll da da da." And it was just like, really? Like he basically had to be carried off the floor. <laughs> like I can't, I can't possibly imagine that he's gonna play on on Monday. And of course he didn't, and, and that was a huge problem. But yeah, you know, it's. USC the three point shooting. I guess we ought to mention that. Like if we we could have just hit a very normal amount of three pointers, we could have won that game. Yeah. But uh, uh, I will say a lot, especially of after pretty shooting pretty okay. Days. You know, obviously against U- UCLA, like better yeah. than pretty okay. Um, just you know, and part of that is U- USC as well. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, they're long and they get after it on defense and they, they really kind of. There were a lot of tough three pointers. Yes. You sure. know, they, they really force you. They, they make it so hard to get inside that that they kind of force you to, uh, you know, take some threes that maybe are a little more contested than what you normally would would settle for. 
Um, so, you know, that, that part of it, I, I don't know. Like, I don't walk away from it going, you know, I don't know, man, if we had hit, you know, whatever. But I also think, you know, three of 25 is like, you might expect that maybe you hit like two or three more, <laughs> you know, yeah. if you hit two or three more somewhere along the way, all of a sudden, you know, you're in, you're, you're right in it in the last, you know, five minutes. I mean, we were only down two with five minutes to go. So, you know, if you hit after just, they hit a couple a, threes. Or, yeah, yeah. And if you hit maybe just a couple more somewhere along the way, you know, you've got a lead heading into it. Instead, the, you know, the final margin maybe isn't quite representative of of how competitive the game was. And then, of course, you know, Isaac Bonton being carried off the floor, like literally carried off the floor because uh, he cannot walk on his ankles. Um, yeah, that was shitty. That was super then- shitty. And then we got Monday comes along. Third uh, game in five days. Fuck. For both teams, I'll say. Um, we get the bad news that Bonton's going to play. We get the good news that Quade Green isn't going to play for UW, which makes the ultimate result all the more frustrating. Yeah, well, maybe it um, wasn't good news, man, because whatever Sahonas did is probably a lot more efficient than whatever Green would have done. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, um, man, that's just a frustrating fucking game man because uh, you know they they came out completely lost yep um rap and and williams especially were struggling um you know they're your, were your primary ball ball handlers and they really didn't um they didn't start well you know it was kind of a turnover fest uh, for the entire first half. I mean, they, they started hitting some shots, and so they made it competitive again. But they got down by, you know, I think 12, like, right away. And then they came back, and then UW pushed out again. And then uh, it was kind of a little more uh, back in, you know, UW would push out a couple times, and WAC would pull close. But 13 turnovers in the first half, that's bad. They had 13 turnovers in the entire game against USC. Yeah. 13 turnovers in the first half. I know we know the final turnover percentage, but that must have been close to like 40%. Um, in the first half? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not, well, I mean, if okay, so if you're – let's see. If your total number of possessions was 65, uh, yeah, usually there than, are more possessions in the second half than the first half, at least a couple more. So let's say first half's what, like 30-ish possessions? Yeah, that would be 43%. <laughs> that sounds about right. That yeah, that's about almost forty-three percent of your possessions. You're turning the ball over. Zero, zero point zero chance of points. Zero, zero, zero. Like so, even uh, though they were shooting like not, they weren't even shooting that well. I mean, like they were shooting decently well. Um, but well, they were they uh, were successful on twos. You know, Deshaun Jackson had a good first half. He scored eleven yeah. in the first half. Um, everybody else struggled, but you know it was good enough. And it's not like Washington was, you know, Sahonis helped them finish strong there in the first half but you know overall they weren't lighting the world on fire and well you you enter like you realize like you realize partway through the game you're like oh yeah washington isn't good like right. especially like especially without their point guard like we're with that like they're just they're struggling like we are they just have and i said to you i think i said in slack chat early in the game it's like i'm really terrified that sahonis gets hot because we do not have the equivalent player that right. could do that. Like we right. don't have a guy that's going to go off like that. Like right. Noah is not the type of player that's going to go off like Sahonis can. We just don't have that like a microwave player. 
and and he did he 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 kept it going in the second half and and he kind of kept them afloat for much of the game. Stevenson also had a good game too, um, which is really like between those two guys. Normally it'll be Bontana. Like if if Bontana was playing Bontana on one and, and no on the other, and you think you're good defensively, but really the guards just got abused. Like it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it but because the inside they like it, like Roberts was a, a, a like ineffective uh bay didn't do that much although they, they don't really have anyone else that goes inside that much outside of roberts um riley soren played for two minutes yeah. and just looked completely out two minutes they took two fouls out. and it was obvious i really was wish not going to be able to play in this game. really wish they would have played him more that would yeah. have been nice that, that well, was like thir- yeah. he logged 13 minutes in the first matchup would have been great if he could have logged 13 <laughs> in this one hopkins saw the same thing we all saw which was and i mean which was that he uh he he was completely overmatched and had no prayer uh, against uh, against our big men, particularly particularly Deshaun Jackson. You know this is the thing with Washington, and and you know I I don't know that you know I, mean, I guess you know our fans probably don't like hearing this sort of thing, but it's like, look, Washington has talent, and yeah. that's like that. By the way, that's part of what helps us or causes us to to like laugh so hard when they suck. Right. Which is you're going, OK, you've got all these four star recruits. Like, what's your fucking problem? Like, like, ha ha ha. You you are losing all these games with guys who sh- are supposed to be able to play. Um, Sohonis is a former four star kid. Um, Jamal Bay is a guy who's a Pac-12 player of the week this year. Right. Because he had such a good weekend against uh, Colorado. Or, yeah. Colorado and Utah. Right. Cole Bajima. You know, former four-star kid. Like this is not the first time Sahonis has went nuts like this. No, but it's the first no, it's time not. where he was uh, where he got to play thirty-eight minutes and he was the guy. Yeah, like I. Okay, so I don't watch Washington that closely. Maybe you've seen him more than I have. I don't know. I'm like looking through Sahonis's like game log, and I'm looking at his efficiency, and I'm looking at all this stuff, and I'm thinking, how is, is it? Yeah, how's he only playing sixteen, fifteen, twenty minutes a night? Like yeah, it's. And it's, especially it's just weird the the way he's he just like he very like he very easily embraced like the go to guy role. And oh, yeah. Like you can tell because of the way his his usage, he's a guy that comes off the bench and shoots a lot. So you knew that he was going to shoot a lot. And what the fear was, was that he was going to shoot like this. Yeah. And he went 13 of 20 for 29 points. Didn't even need to take a free throw. Yeah. He's only played he's only played forty percent, little less than forty percent of, of the available minutes this year. And he's only missed three games. So and he's like only missed he... three games. Right? And so I'm looking at his minutes and I'm going, okay, he played twenty three minutes against UCLA. 14 this is the first against... time he's played more than only the second time he's played more than thirty minutes. Yeah, he's only so, played yeah. more than thirty minutes twice. And he's only started two games. And I'm looking at this and I'm looking at his offensive ratings and I'm seeing you know, usage when he's on the floor, I'm seeing usage percentages hovering around 30 percent. Like which and, is Bonton level. Yeah, which stuff. is like go to guy level usage and his offensive rating. OK, going back the last however many games, 131 against us. Now, remember, so for our listeners who, again, are kind of like, what are you talking about? Like offensive is rating average. is an efficiency measure. Right. Uh, if you are using 30 percent possessions, that's like a go to guy. If you're over 100 at that point, that's good, 
right? And so, like, if you start getting like 105, 110, well, uh, 115 at those levels, that's uh, really, especially really good. Especially a guy, a guy that gets he doesn't uh, dish out many assists, so he doesn't get much efficiency from others scoring. Right. It's like it's his all his shooting scoring. Okay, so he had a 131 offensive rating against us, right? And he doesn't <laughs> shoot many free throws. Yeah. No. And he had so 29 points on 20 shots, right? Uh previous game against UCLA, 22 points in 23 minutes, offensive rating of 118. Uh bad game against USC. Oregon, uh 15 points in 22 minutes for an offensive rating of 132. 22 points in 25 minutes against Oregon State for an offensive rating 114. Like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, how is this guy not playing 30-plus minutes? He's got it. Like, after what he did against WSU in the 38 minutes. Like, is he injured? How, I don't I like, don't know how Hopkins can keep him off the floor. Yeah, I mean, does he have an injury problem? Like, I mean, against Colorado, he had 27 points in 26 minutes. Well, that's like you said, like, your point, like, if – if Quade Green would have played and Sahonis played yeah. 15 minutes. If Quade Green takes some of those shots instead of Sahonis, uh, we probably win that game. Yeah, the 32% three-point shooter, right. the you know, the 45% two-point shooter versus the 49% two-point shooter and the 48% yep. three-point shooter. Yep. If he takes yeah. some shots away, we probably win that game. And I don't know what else nuts. to say. Like, it's crazy. But yeah, Washington's yeah, but got these the, guys. They got these guys who can go nuts and – you're just like hoping that none of them do. And, you know, one of them did. And, to, you know, you mentioned that our guards kind of got overrun. I mean, look, they, they fucking got overrun by Sohonis. I mean, the very last possession and of Stevenson, the game. And Stevenson, really. And Stevenson. And Stevenson. Very last possession of the game. I mean, let's just say it. Noah got killed. Yeah. Right? Like, like Noah I mean, got killed on a little crossover, and that was it. Yeah, you know? good on Noah. for he, he was really kind of the guy at the end that brought them back. Yep. Um, but... Yep, getting free I mean, throws, along, making hustle along with plays. Jazz, you know, yep. Jazz Koontz, who kept a minute, yep. and Deshaun Jackson as well. But, yep. but, yeah, Noah just, you know, he got the assignment, and he let he let uh, he let Sonis get by him. Like, yep. And we were easily. zoning. We were zoning because we couldn't stop him. Yeah. You know, we couldn't contain his penetration. We couldn't stop him. Um, you know, Noah couldn't and stop him. Really Rap not couldn't a stop guy. him. It's not a guy that typically attacks the basket that much. Um, he really likes that stop in the key and you well, know, the, let's, the, his game-winning shot. You know? Let's put it this way. Uh, here were his previous, uh, I don't know, however many games on two-point attempts. Uh, UCLA 6, USC 3, Oregon 4, Oregon State 9, Washington State 4, Utah 3, Colorado 7, UCLA 4, Cal 2. Okay, so that's how many two-point attempts he had in all of those games. Uh, he had 17 last night, two-point attempts. Like, that was the same as his total from the previous four-ish games combined? Combined. Yeah. The guard, it, it's just the, the, the and, and rap is part of it too, um, and just like the, like, you know, I, I mean, Miles Warren's a walk on for a reason. Like it's, it's yes. just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to drag a kid. That's a walk on. Yes. Like he yep. shouldn't like, he shouldn't like, 
a Pac-12 program should not be like having to use him. But we're really obviously with the injury to Jefferson Kulabale and then injury to Isaac Bonton, yep. where our guard depth is just killed to the point where actually our best stretch was Noah at the one at the one and no other guards on the floor. Yep. Like it was it was <laughs> it was Noah. Let's see. It was Noah. Yakimovsky, Yakimovsky, Koontz, Rodman, Efe, or Efe, yeah, Ro- Rodman and Efe, or yeah. or Jackson, or Jackson, one or the other, yeah. and they, that's what they kind of that's what they rolled with for the last ten minutes of the game, and yeah. that was their best, because like, that was their best offensive chance, really, yeah. and yeah. and uh, and then they could just sit in zone and not have to worry about like the one on one matchups, um, but it was, you know, it came out down the end, and you know you're not playing man to man defense the entire game. And then you got to cover a guy man to man suddenly at the end. Yep. And yep. it looked like it. And, and they, and they then, just and, and, played it poorly. And <laughs> I would, I, I kind of, ideally, I would have wanted Effa to step up on there. I know you yeah. got to worry about, you got to worry about Roberts down there on the block. But I think Yakimovsky was there to at least bother him a little bit. Maybe you worry about the open three in the corner. I don't know. Like you throw it off, but like you said, it's when Noah get one as soon as Noah got beat. It was someone over. was going to be open. Yeah, it was over. Uh, so, so someone Noah was getting beat. an open shot. FA gets caught in no man's land. Yakimovsky actually played it great. Like he, as, as FA started to step up, Yakimovsky definitely stepped in front of, uh, you know, Roberts yeah, boxed him out, sealed off. him off. Yeah. Like he, he had that walled off. Now there was three seconds left. So maybe if FA closes out harder, um, you know, steps up to stop that drive. Well, and it's, it's an easy kick out to Stevenson. I don't know. Or but, maybe Sohonis is not, he's not a natural distributor. Maybe he doesn't try yeah, to do maybe that. Maybe he doesn't, you know. But it's just a lot of what ifs. That yep. They should have never been in this fucking situation. No, no they should They yeah. take care of the basketball. They ruined themselves in the first half. It it really was. You know, they only committed six turnovers in the second half. I mean, that's perfectly Yeah, if you do that every half, you're fine. You're fine. Um, But, you know, the first, you know, you have 13 in the first half. You have all those empty possessions. Um, You know, that was it. And so kind of looking forward, going forward, like that's that's the big scary part, right? Like, um, you know, like we said, I know people say that Bonton is careless. He looks like he's careless with the ball. And I get it. I get why you think that when you're watching it. Right. But and, and Jeff said it last week, how much he has the ball and how much he shoots and the fact that he runs as a point guard and how much he dish, how many passes he throws, because he actually has a really very high assist rate. Yep. You would you would be fine with him running like a 23%, 25%. Like it would be pretty expected to him run like a 25% turnover rate. And he runs around 17, 18. Yep. And then you That's saw a lower guy like, than the team is turning the ball over on 22% of their possessions. And, and so Bonton's like, turnover percentage is like 18. So that is a net positive. <laughs> like the, like there's there's like there's no other way around that. Like possessions that end with Bonton end up in turnovers 18% of the time. That's 5% better than the rest oh. of the team. Oh, by the way, Andre Yakamovsky had one turnover. Yeah. Do you remember what one that was? Uh, I probably will once you point it out to me. When he got a rebound and got elbowed in the oh, face. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And fell down to the ground so because he bad. got elbowed in the face because and they called traveling. Because yeah, somebody tried to break his nose. 
No, they didn't try. Like it was incidental, but it, it was still yeah, a fucking still, foul. It's still a foul. It's still a and foul. And I know they and I know they can't go to the review and like change it from a travel to a foul. That's not something they can do. They can only call it a flagrant foul. Yeah. And the, and I get it. Like they that should not be called a flagrant foul ever. But the ref should have realized that the guy fell to the ground. It especially happened these refs, right in front of him. Especially these refs that will call fouls that they expect to happen for example a a a rap got called for a foul i think it was his fifth foul it was his fifth he was just backing up trying to stay out of the way stevenson i want to (laughs) say just backed out of the way didn't touch a guy but they i think they expected him because ref rap hand checks a lot like he definitely gets called for that a lot that's why he was in foul trouble but he didn't do it that time he just backed away because he was on four fouls Ref gave him no benefit of the doubt, assumed yeah. he was going to hand check and called a foul. Well, how about so the one that, on yeah. how about the one on Jackson where he literally literally just touched the guy on the chest on the dunk attempt? And like like didn't push him, didn't do it, like didn't swing at him, didn't do anything. Like literally just kind of set his hand on his chest. Like 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 just sort of like lightly touched his chest. Guy missed the dunk, ref calls the foul. And he definitely waited like, for him to miss the dunk to call the foul. It was just fucking insane. So yeah, they uh, all that all that is so 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 frustrating. But to yeah, watch. they really could have taken the ball. But I mean, Noah Williams had. Uh, I ended up only with four turnovers, which is I think those were all yeah, in three, the first ten minutes. Three of them were. Three of them were in the first half. One. Fa in the really. Half. Fa really struggled. Um, yep, his turnovers was, were take a major care of the problem. Ball. I think defensively he was really good and really huge. But, yeah. uh, I, I mean, offensively, Deshaun Jackson is very clearly the best option right now down low. F.A., especially because he hasn't – his three-pointer has left him. He had a huge chance to break that spell. Wide open three to tie the game in the, with, you know, less than 30 seconds left. But he just – his three-pointer is gone – you know, he had, he was okay down low, four or seven, but yeah, four turnovers, that's too much. Yeah, the turnovers um, are really the issue because he, you know, he just, it's it's just clear, you know, the more the more he plays, the more you're, and, and look, he's hugely bright future. We love him, all of, all of the stuff that we normally say. Um, but it's just it, like, it's, you still see those parts where he just doesn't have a lot of minutes under his belt. Not, not just at this level, but like any level. Like you know, they've said, so, if, if you watch any game, they'll, they'll say it over and over again. He'd missed two years in high yeah, school with inju- injury with injuries. Yeah. And he's like a product of academies and like all that stuff. And so you just he just is not getting he, he has never in his life gotten the game reps that like your typical American basketball prospect, even like not like AU gets like, right. Like Noah Williams playing for Seattle Rotary played like hundreds of games a year. I, I would venture know. that Noah Williams has played literally hundreds more games than FA has yeah. in his lifetime, like literally hundreds, you know? And so there's, there's a feel for the game. Same where Deshaun Jackson, yeah. uh, DJ Rodman, yep. um, you know, I, it's just, that's the, those guys are just gonna have played a lot more basketball. Yep. And, but and, I mean, at the same time, he just made a few plays in the game where you're like, yeah. no one else. We have no one else that could possibly make that yep. play. Yep. <laughs> like some rebounds and some block shots yep. where you're just like, yep, yeah. that's him. On and the then, whole, but, he had a good uh, game. But again, like Deshaun Jackson is just proving to be so good. Like I know I don't want to take – like this is an, 
we just lost to the number 168 Kempom team at home, and that's fucking frustrating. Yeah, it sucks. But, but if there's one takeaway, well, two, Jazz Koontz is back, baby. Or maybe Woo! he's here for the first time ever. Um, like, he has had yeah, a string your, of good games. Send your thank games. you cards to Ernie Kent. Jazz, jazz, you know, we see guys late in their career who were just nothing for a while yeah. and you'll see them just kind of click. Yep. And for a lot of times it's just, they start hitting shots Yeah. and, and jazz, you know, he's going to have a game where he goes over five, like at some point I know, but it's fun to see him. Cause he just, you know, he's a kid that looks like he really wants to do well. Yeah. He just doesn't always do Absolutely. well. I think his defense has been better. His rebounding has been better. He's just played. He's just played well. He's playing with a lot of confidence. So it's good to see. I was bummed out. Um, I, I, I'm surprised that rap only had two turnovers. Honestly, it felt like more, felt like more. I think, um, I, th- <laughs> I, I don't know how many post feed turnovers we had in the first half, like in the first five minutes, just trying to feed F.A. and Deshaun just yeah. throwing the ball away. And the most, what I most surprised was like Noah. I'm like, come on, Noah. Like we just talked about hundreds of games, dude. Like it's a, it's a post feed, make a fake, then throw the pass. Like we couldn't do that. Like we're just like telegraphing the post feed to like, here you dub. We're throwing it to his right shoulder bounce pass here. Here it comes. And like, it's just fake. And that's, that's just standard yeah. post feed is you fake one way and throw the other, but whatever. Um, so yeah, that game, uh, I, so watching it, I was in my living room, Noah ties it up, jump in the air. And then 10 seconds later, I literally like crumple to the ground. <laughs> like, yeah. No. I know. No. Uh, Why? Okay, Jeff, we're, we're, we're over time. We okay, are. Two games coming up. Two games coming up this weekend. Let's, let's run through them real quick. Okay, so we got Cal. We should beat them even without Bonton, but we saw the struggles both defensively and offensively that we have without Monton. Yep. I think they'll have Matt Bradley this time around. So that's yeah. Different. He's been playing. Yeah. Yeah. So that we got lucky and did not have to play against Matt Bradley last time. Well, and let's just um, point out Cal's coming off a win over Colorado. Kyle just beat Colorado uh, nine who, point win over Colorado. Yeah. Um, how? I, I, I don't I, know. I how. Say, just like uh, from what Kyle Smith said, about Bonton in the uh, in the post game presser, I would not expect him. Like no. I would be surprised if he's ready to go. No, that does not look good. Does he not he look did good. he because he didn't really like because he would have been more positive about it. So yeah, Cal is looking better because they got Bradley. Well, and listen, um, Cal Cal had a before this that win. I, I was just like, how how'd they beat Colorado? Well, I mean, they were on a seven game losing streak before that, but. In that seven-game losing streak, they lost to UCLA by four, Arizona State by four. Uh, here's another uh, Stanford by six and Utah by one. So four of those games were four points or less. Uh, you know the others were were sort of blowouts, but uh, but you know I mean it, so Cal's dangerous, man. Cal's dangerous. Well, and if and you we think need about our guards just, to be a yes, hell of a lot better. That's what's terrifying is Bradley. If if Sihonis can abuse our guards like that, especially yep. without Bonton on the floor, Bradley can definitely do that. Like I will Bradley say this: is, Bradley's a different kind of player, though, right? Like he's a, he's a bully. He's a six four two twenty guard. Like he will bully yeah. his way into the lane. He gets to the free throw line where he's absolutely deadly. Um, that's his. I mean, game. he's a that's good a shooter. Different anyway, game than Sihonis. 
Yeah. So we'll see. We'll I, see. Ho- yeah. Hopefully him driving, trying to get to the basket against our bigs, we can kind of divert some of his effectiveness. I, I it's, it's still though. What scares me is like I said, I was worried. Like Sahonis is a guy that can get hot and bury it. And like all it would, all it takes is one guy to get hot in a game like this, where both teams are going to struggle to score. And then that, that tilts the balance. And that's the same thing in a game. Although, um, like Cal's not good defense. Like they're, I don't know that Cal is better than you dub though. I, it's just, it's scary, dude. Like, yeah, I, yeah. It's cause I don't know is, what, like, scary. like let's say Cal is one thirty six on Kempom. We're one thirteen right now. I would say we're probably with Bonton more like 100 or even a little higher. Um, Without Bonton, what are we? More like 150, 160, 170? Maybe. Like I, um, like I mean, it's it, a toss up you, for sure. This game is this game's a toss up without Bonton. Yeah, even like, like yeah, because right now, like Kempom, because these predictions don't factor in, you know, the injury other than like the three games that Bonton misses, um, which two of them were pretty bad. Um, uh, it has WSU as 65% probability to win. I, yeah, I, it's a toss up to me what WSU needs to do well. Um, you know, I, they, they need to dominate the, the defensive glass. Uh, they need to, uh, make life tough for Bradley because he's going to take the bulk of the shots. Yep. Like he, he takes, th- he's 14th in the country, takes 34% of the shots when he's on the floor. And we didn't have to deal with him last time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's he's tough. You know, Andre Kelly is annoying because um, he's he's just a big dude. I I hope we can neutralize him. Antisevich is a that's, guy. That's the that guy who scares hot. you. That's yeah. the guy who terrifies you. It didn't happen down there because every time he catches the ball, I swear to God, that guy never missed a three point shot against us until the yeah. last game. Uh, yeah. so that's, that's the guy who terrifies me. So yeah, and he's I a mean, guy that he, he he's, he, I mean, this is when you, you definitely know we're going to roll with like, uh, I, I, well, I don't know. See, I don't see us maybe rolling with the two bigs lineup as much again. I mean, you might have to with, uh, with Bonton out, but like, cause Antisevich is not an interior player no. in any way, but he's going to play the four and he's six, eight and he's two thirty, So he's big. But he's going to play the four, and he's going to stretch yeah. out your four. You figure F.A. Um, can neutralize him, though, if they do go man. Like, like F.A. is a guy who can play, even know, like, can guard somebody when, on when, the perimeter. How often lately have we played mostly man? Like, Not very often, like, man. Like, I think we've been a zone team for uh, – I hate yeah, it. I hate it. I know. Zone is for cowards. I was looking back at our, uh, our podcast versus everyone uh, Twitter feed. Our very first yeah. tweet was zone is for zone cowards. Is for- yeah. Uh, Kyle Smith, we I love know. you, buddy. We but love you, on. but we hate zone. Uh, I, I understand yeah. why you're doing the zone, but yeah. I still just it's it's so hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also 100 percent more frustrating when the other team scores when you're yes. in a zone. Yes, absolutely. Although I will say this, our zone does not uh, does not suffer from a lot of the things that plague a lot of zones. Um, yeah. It's not like we give up a, a ton of threes. And uh, it's not like we also give up a ton of offensive rebounds. So, I mean, that that sort of makes it so that you can you can kind of live live with the zone a little bit. But 
you know, I, I'm always one who, uh, you know, who, who advocates for man to man just simply from an attitude standpoint. Um, you know, you're getting after, I mean, like when I think of like Noah right now, like, like, honestly, he looks like he's having a bit of a crisis of confidence, to be honest. Um, he's had about, I don't know, four or five games in a row that have been, you know, not great. I mean, not terrible. I I think there was one bad game in there. Um, the rest of them have been just kind of, eh, you know, but then, you know, against Washington, we needed him to be a lot better than, eh, you know, and he just kind of wasn't there. And I don't know if it's related to all the technical fouls. Um, I you know, obviously I've, he had the I've foul trouble in the one game, yeah. but but I don't know if there's a correlation there where he's just sort of like, you know, like everybody knows he plays with that edge, right? Like, like that's how he motivates. Yeah. You know, a lot of athletes do that. That's how they motivate themselves. Everybody else is a piece of shit and I'm going to go out there and prove them wrong and all these things. And it's great. But when, you know, now all of a sudden the stuff that, you know, really kind of was that chip, you can't, you can't ever act on because the refs are just waiting to tee you up. You know, I don't know if that's part of it or not, but but it wouldn't shock me if it was. Yeah, I I, I was thinking about that today because obviously I think about WC basketball way too much. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, yeah, Noah. I was thinking about Noah today, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Is like, you know, it seems like when he stopped getting technical fouls is when he started playing worse. It's just yeah. like he 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 they were like noah you you can't do this you know you got to rein it in and so now he can't run up and down the floor and talk shit for for 40 minutes and since you dub and and he just hasn't played as well and yep. and we know he can play better yep um um i'm i'm just going to uh so what we got to do against cal just they're going to they're going to give you open shots you got to make the shots like you, you like especially given that you know, I I think we can do de- well defensively. I, I I think we can hold them down even without Bonton. But I think even without Bonton, I, there's going to be open shots. Yeah, you got they're three hundredth like, nationally in effective field goal percentage. And they're twelfth in Pac-12 play. They they don't give up a lot of threes. So look for I know I want to see Effa have a good game. I want to see. Uh, Deshaun have a good game. I want to see Noah get inside yep. for some buckets inside. Yep. Um, it, the, I I want to see even rap. You know, <laughs> we know we can attack the basket a little yeah. bit. Like, be creative. You know, uh, you're bigger than Cal's guards. You know, get inside. Take take some mid range jumpers. You know, you'll probably find some find find something clean, a clean look down there. I that's just make fucking shots and you'll win. Like that's that's and don't give I, the ball away. Yeah, that's <laughs> well. Like, I, so I'm looking at our Ken. Well, Cal bench. is not good. Like, they shouldn't no. be taking the ball away from you. And this is the thing. So, like, um, the our percentage. So the non-steal turnover percentage. I love this stat on Ken Palm. Right. So, yeah, not I all turnovers it. are created equal. Right. So, like, some are. You know, steal turnovers are are kind of the worst because those are the live ball versions. Those are the ones that typically result in breakouts, your fast breaks, things like that. So those are the ones you want to try and avoid. And, you know, we're not particularly good at avoiding those like our our steel. So out of the, you know, 21 and a half percent of our possessions that end in turnovers about, you know, nine and a half percent of our total possessions end in steals. And that's not good. That's like 220th nationally. So that's bad. But then you look at our non steel turnovers. (laughs) We are 300, 306, 12% of our possessions end with us doing something just fucking dumb. 
Which like if you watch this team, like you're not going to be. Yes, we get that's a ton not a of offensive. A lot. We get a ton of offensive fouls called yep. on us. Offensive fouls, um, passes that go out of bounds, traveling calls. That's all that dumb no, travel. shit. Travel. We travel. Like oh god. It's all that dumb shit. So so I will say. of our turnovers, 55% of our turnovers are just stupid shit, just stupid stuff, you know, and Cal doesn't, they don't take the ball away with steals at all. Um, They're like one of the worst teams in the country at stealing the ball. Um, Their non-steal turnover percentage is pretty okay. Um, You know, they do for whatever reason kind of benefit from some of those, whether that's forced or not. But, but man, if we could just like, not give the ball away on this one like well in any game really but in this one it sure would be it sure would be super nice against a team that frankly does not do anything special to force you to give the ball away or force you to like even do anything right all right so just to circle back to get inside cal is 300 311th at field goal percent defending field goal percentage at the rim um, they give up 64.6% at the rim, just one spot of he- ahead of Cal State Fullerton. Um, so, uh, yeah, so get get inside. Don't give the ball away. Uh, dump it to Deshaun. Yep. Um, attack the rim, Noah. Uh, you know, let's, let's get some easy buckets. Really, just don't lose to Cal, please. No, for fuck's sake, no. I mean, if, if we fucking lose to Cal and you dub – because Bonton rolled his ankle in the last minute of a game we already lost. It's just, that's going to be like. Yeah, I'm still not over the loss to Washington. Like, I'm still like, I'm still. I've just been like, I was in like a, I was just in like a haze all day trying not to think about it. Still upset. So anyway, yeah, we should beat Cal anyway, but. You know, again, we've we've shown that we can sabotage our own chances. You know, the guards really need to step up. That that's the biggie, right? Like Noah, Ryan Rapp, especially um, those two guys need to step up. Noah needs to get that edge back somehow. Um, you know, maybe losing to Washington for the first time will will kind of do it. But you know, it's we got to get that fire back with him. Rapp's gotta Rapp's gotta be decent. And and frankly, TJ Bamba needs to not turn the ball over three times in like ten minutes. Like that's we yeah. right now we need him to play some and in and he, right now he but he's going to get pulled immediately he's so inconsistent he, right now yeah. he needs to not you know just basically take a giant dump on the floor <laughs> and like he needs to give us something that we can count on um okay you know okay okay and, and okay. maybe okay. maybe maybe you know Kyle Smith will see what you saw which is maybe we just go one ball handler and get a bunch of other dudes out there to play defense i don't know and shoot Okay. We'll okay. We're way, 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 We're way, 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 way over our goal here. Stanford, Stanford um, yeah. really good defense. I if Bonton's out, I see no way we're going to win that game. Um, they're just gonna lock us down yeah. defensively. Seems You're unlikely. Not, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they're top ten adjusted offensive efficiency. I don't even have it up right now, but I'm pretty sure they're like eighth or something. Um, uh, Stanford. There we go. Uh, so oh no! 20, they dropped to twenty second. Twenty second oh. defensive efficiency. Yeah, they've they've well had, then, well well well. They've, they've um, been they've been a bit iffy lately, but they 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 made it tough for us inside last time. I do. It's it's it kind of baffles because they don't have like super tough guys inside that you think would 
but they just have good interior defense anyway. Yep. Um, they just make it second. really, really tough to get to the rim. Like yeah. they've got a whole bunch of six, eight, six, nine dudes who, you know, are just very quick and, and they just, they cut off drives and they just make it really, really tough to get inside. And, and so the twos and you have, take are the shitty, hard to take twos. And we have yet to figure out how to stop Oscar De Silva. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Thank God Dude, he's a frankly, senior. Please let him leave. Frankly, no one has done with figured that, that out. But uh, I'm so done. With uh, him. I think the best your best shot is what Utah did is get him in foul trouble. That's the only your only shot. So yep. dump it down to Deshaun. Let him work on Oscar and hope he just draws fouls. Like yeah, that's the only bad games that he has is if he gets in foul trouble and it takes yep. him out of rhythm because he's kind of a rhythm based player. But um, yeah, so. Uh, that game, I don't know. Go nuts from three, please. I don't know. Like, yeah, do that. They they give up a lot of three pointers. Uh, go nuts from three. Um, that's kind of how we uh, stayed in it the first time for a little while. Exactly. That's that's if if we win, go nuts from three. Get some offensive rebounds. They're not a, they're not a great defensive rebounding team. Um, so huck up some threes. Grab grab the rebounds. Uh. Dish it back out for three because of you said, Jeff, we're pretty bad at putbacks. <laughs> pretty bad. Oh, my God. So, like, you made the point that we are one of the worst teams in the country at finishing at the rim. We are and the worst team the in the worst. country at finishing the at the rim. Great. Last. And for the longest time, for the longest time, we sort of blamed that on Bonton, right? <laughs> like, right. like, for about the first half of the season, it was, well, that's because Bonton can't make a fucking layup. Like, that's that's why we're so bad in there. But it's like now, after watching, if- after watching this team... It's like, wait, no, no. The reason why we're last is because our 6'10 guys get rebounds, offensive rebounds, and then they blow the putback repeatedly all the time. I swear to God, we haven't made a fucking putback all season. Oh, we're don't worry. We're second to last now. Suck it, St. Peter's. God. Su- what the hell is St. Peter's? I don't even, what is that? Isn't school? that in New York or I something? I don't know, but we are second to last in. So yeah, actually, I can Jeff if you want. I can I, fuck it. We're already way over time. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll let me just give me a second. We had I'll a plan the, to keep this under thirty minutes, dude. We're at an hour, dude. Whatever. Uh, whatever. People, people know what they're in for here. That's okay. True. So our put back offense. Thank you, hoopmath.com. Put they have a put back stat. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so. Our putback field goal percentage is only 50.9%. Oh, my God. That's so terrible. Deshaun, what do you think Deshaun Jackson shoots on putbacks? Horrible. 33%. FA shoots 44% on putbacks. Also horrible. Vova, 50. DJ Rodman, 5 for 5 so far. Made every putback. Uh, But, yeah. Like, putbacks should be like a a 65 or 70% proposition. Like, really? uh, FA... Well, not many guys shoot that high, I'll say. No, no, if someone well, shoots 70% on putbacks, they're one of the best players in the country at putbacks. But, okay, but, but like, but, but, yeah. but what is... I mean, what, it's usually a heavily defended, like, shot, but... Sure, but, but still, okay, so is, what is it? Like, what's an average team? 60%? I don't know. 55%? I, I 58%? I, I, I don't think... Let me see. All right, I, now I I'm going to look. He has a leader. Utah. He doesn't have a leader. He doesn't have a leaderboard for this. How are you going to figure that out? He has a he has like a like a leader. He doesn't he have like a leaderboard. He did. No, he doesn't have a leaderboard for. Um, oh, uh, no, he doesn't have the he doesn't have a he doesn't tell you what the average is for the NCAA. 
Okay. Well, hold on. I'm looking. I'm because sometimes I can find these things on here. Anyway, you what were you saying? Go go forward with what you were saying. I was yeah, like so. Uh, Fa has the most putbacks, twenty one, and he's only made forty four percent of them. Um, and Deshaun is the next. He's only making thirty three percent. Vova is only making half of them, and he's like a hundred feet tall. Like it's we just just not making shots on putbacks like it's it's funny like i you said that to me uh, yesterday and i was like i gotta look at this and i looked at it and like yep um the, our guys that shoot well on putbacks don't get very many of them yakimovsky rodman they're the but they're the guys that are coming in from kind of coming in from the wing and they're probably right. getting a more open shot like when they're when they're you know taking it yeah so yeah um putbacks Ugh, like you, you got to do better. That's what I'm saying. Kick it out. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's it. Three on that. Stop, stop trying to put it right back up and just kick it out. Just get it out of there. Find a shooter. Cause those are, those are high percentage three point shots. Like those yeah, are really good three know, point shots. Cause, cause the shooter's either, facing either, up. You, like, well, yeah, square. either, either the, the guard is either crashing for the rebound or, or trying to run releasing to, to, for a fast break opportunity. So a lot of times, often the guards are open if they stay, if they stay in. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. But yeah, so uh, make some damn putbacks, guys. Like That'd be great. Uh, uh, a hole That'd in our be offense. Great. Um, yeah, Jeff, we got to stop this. Yeah. An hour. <laughs> An hour. <laughs> we are the worst. Okay, um, so we're going to take a break, which we thought was going to be 30 minutes ago, but we really knew it wasn't going to be. Um, we had we aspirations, though. We got, got football shit to talk about. You know, always the good news in, in February. That's You only get good news in football yeah, after right? signing day and before spring ball. Only the good stuff. Um, and then uh, we'll talk about women's hoops who had a shitty weekend, but still it's there for them. And then we'll, we'll talk about uh, soccer and volleyball and all that. So stick around. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. We're back. All right. Uh, quickly on beer. Uh, what are you drinking, Jeff? So I had the uh, uh, one of the lovely beers that you gave me. The uh, all yes. the all Citra everything from Other Half. Double dry hop, double IPA. Was, yeah. It's fantastic. There you go. Dude. Oh, yeah, it's a good beer. Outstanding. They're kind of one of the kind of one of the kings of haze. Uh, one yeah. of the well known kind of kings of haze. Um, it, it's, so I almost drank a other half beer tonight because I thought that you were going to drink the other half one, but I, I went a different direction. Um, I'm having a, a 15.7 percent <laughs> barrel aged stout um, from Westbound and Down Brewing. Um, it's just called Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout. It does not have a fancy name. 
It is just a bourbon barrel imperial stout. I love it. Like so, so often these days, like the you know, it's the stouts come with like all sorts of stuff in them. But it's nice just to have a classic. Just the only adjunct, if you want to say it, is the bourbon barrel, and um, this is really well done. It's got a great body. Um, it's boozy, obviously. It's sixteen percent almost. Like yeah. it's it's boozy. You feel it in your nose, but it just still actually drinks surprisingly well for that a lot of good dark chocolate a lot of good barrel action on there you definitely taste the barrel really well done uh good job westbound and down out of colorado out of idaho springs colorado so um i got that off tavar um again i'm just gonna always say it like they're <laughs> like obviously they don't pay me to do this it's just because yeah. i can get i'll get money and you'll get money um so Tavar is as a is a beer app where they um, I get a lot of beers from all around the the country and that's where I got the other half beer that you have no actually I got that from a different thing but I but I do get other half beer I have some coming from Tavar um, so if you want uh, twenty bucks towards your first order on Tavar um you download it basically they they have like three or four beers a day. And you just choose, and then you can populate a box. You can actually keep pushing back the date and not have them send you the box for as long as you want. It's fifteen dollars flat rate shipping, which, if you've ever tried to send beer, is a really good deal. Um, uh, so if you use the referral number two six seven one two, you'll get twenty bucks, and I'll get twenty bucks, and that sounds great to me. That's anyway, a hell of a so, deal. Yeah, so I'm waiting for Jeff to. Yeah, I will. I will. Um, But yeah, so uh, let's talk about uh, fucking football. Um, So obviously off the the heels of Jaden Dolores' suspension for DUI last week, we find out that Aiden Hector, our star uh, (laughs) walk-on safety. (laughs) Walk-on four-star safety. Has also uh, been suspended. And then today we found out, uh, thanks to Theo Lawson, uh, is because he tried to tried to buy alcohol at Dismore's with a fake ID, um, and then uh, agreed to meet the officers at the residence inn. I I don't I I need I haven't read the full story. I it's I, I just I just I don't know. Like I know there's a lot of fake IDs in Poland. People are buying beer, but. How can you not find someone to buy you beer? Man? Well, here's here's what I would say. Okay, so number one, uh, this would suggest to me that there is perhaps, and this is this is probably a good thing, perhaps a culture on the the team of not you know like buying a bunch yes. of alcohol for the younger. That would players. be great. That is like, good. Cause yes. that would be, that would be the, the, you would think the easiest place to get it. Right. Like Aiden Hector goes, Hey, you know, Daniel Isom or whatever. Like, can you get me a rack of beer? You know, here's 20 bucks. You know, it's like, okay. Uh, that would seem, so he, you know, either a, you know, he felt like he, to get, to get his booze, like needed to do this. So if, if that's the case, that's, that's probably a good thing. Like just in a roundabout way. Like the team's not the, you know, the upper guys on the team aren't running around just buying booze for the younger guys. And that's probably a good thing overall. Okay. The other way to look at it is, okay, 
not not to totally rehash how he got to Washington State in the first place, because everybody is is I'm sure familiar with that story at this point. Uh, you know how a four star kid who had a scholarship offer to pretty much any place he wanted to go ends up coming to Washington State as a walk on instead of going to you know Stanford. And okay, so at the very least, that entire situation made it look like this is a kid who maybe, maybe has some judgment issues, right? Like, you know, regardless of whether it was maybe necessarily nefarious, um, you know, there's a lot of like facts that seem to be in dispute about what exactly happened uh, that night when he was in high school, when, you know, a girl was claiming sexual assault, not against him, but against somebody else. And he was nearby and all of that stuff. Right. So when you looked at it, you went, okay, at the very, 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 very least, He's probably guilty of bad judgment, right? Uh, put himself in a bad spot, maybe didn't do as much as he could have done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, alcohol was involved there as well, right? So now here he is, you know, walk on at Washington State, you know, had a successful, you know, four game freshman season. Uh, you know, you assume if he's sticking around, he's on track to, to get a scholarship. Like you figure sort of all those things are there. And then what's he do? He goes out and tries to fucking buy alcohol with a fake ID at Dismore's. Like that is not the place. You don't go to a grocery store with a fake ID. You go to like the freaking Chevron and try yeah. to buy some beer at Chevron where the guy working at the counter looks at it and goes, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> either. I don't give a fuck or just looks at it and goes, bro. Okay. Listen, I'm not going to sell this to you, but you got to get the fuck out of here. Like yeah, that's, exactly. that's how he handles it. Right. Dismore's, which is like a grocery store and with some is, corporate overlord. Man. Yeah, franchise, like, like man. they are going to try to like they get that IGA sitting there. They've got, they got something they got a, to lose if they are selling alcohol to minors. Right. Unlike your Chevron. That's, you know, obviously, selling, obviously Chevron's still a corporation, but like, yes, no but that's like a gas a, station. It's but it's like the it's, it's like the gas stations independently owned and operated. They're not. You know, they, the guy working the night shift there doesn't give a shit. Like when I got my alcohol from uh, no you know, when I was know. a freshman, it yeah. was at a gas station. Like, you know, they're the one and they're selling beer for like, you know, five dollar markup and whatever. You just that's what you do. Right. So I don't know, man, this, you know, the high school thing, you know, obviously far more serious than this, um, just sort of all around. But, you know, kind of again, it was sort of like what I said about Delora. Like you start to wonder you know, is there a pattern of bad judgment here? And it's it's kind of, kind of, kind of starting to maybe look like that. And that's the hard part. That's the frustrating part. That's the unfortunate part is, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've got a talented quarterback who made a, you know, a massive error in judgment by driving drunk. Uh, thank God he didn't hurt anybody. So, you know, so he is able to, you know, redeem himself, hopefully, in the eyes of his teammates and, and his coaches. And then you've got this situation where, again, nobody's hurt. It's a victimless crime. And a lot of people are going to be able to just kind of go, well, you know, what's the big deal? And I get that. If people feel that way, I don't begrudge them that feeling. But also at the same time, like, OK, you know, this is a kid who was already, uh, you know, already at, at Wazoo under sort of odd uh, circumstances. And, and this would seem to you know, maybe be a continuation of, of a potentially troubling pattern. So, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's the you know, as you mentioned, news in February is never good. And so that was one. And then, you know, and then the other one, Jameer Calvin, right? Uh, 
Yeah, so Jameer Calvin has entered the transfer portal. Um, obviously, one of WC's top wide receivers, their best athlete, well, other than Chavelle Harris, but their one best of his top out- recruits ever, right? But yeah, one of the best recruits ever. Um, you know, an athletic guy on the outside who can stretch the defense, which is exactly what you need in this offense, um, who, who has decided to transfer. And uh, kind of what, you know, got people interested is, you know, uh, these two things both dropped within five minutes on a Friday night. Like, it it was nuts. I think the women's team was playing, and it was like 5 o'clock at night, 6 o'clock, something like that. Both these things dropped. So you're just like, what is going on? I think I sent, I, I dropped both of them in Slack and like no one responded. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Do you have lives or something? Like, why is no one paying attention right now? And so this both dropped. So Jameer transfers and uh, uh, Willie Taylor then tweets out, but then later deletes. But sorry, Willie, it's the internet. Yep. Everything is forever. Everything's uh, Willie forever. Taylor uh, tweets just, you see the trend um, at, at about the same time. So, you know, it's 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 pretty normal for there to be turnover with a new coach. Um, but it, it's it sucks when that turnover suddenly becomes, you know, what I mean, it sucks when that turnover suddenly becomes one of your best players. Right. You know, you're always hoping that the guys that leave are the not very talented malcontents. Right. Like 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 that's what you want is for those guys to go. And, and now you're. You know, you've yeah, lost the grow little... farms in their basement or whatever. Yeah, you know, or you know, the Blair Bombers of the world. You know, I mean, those kinds of guys. Uh, not the Blair Bombers, the malcontent. I don't know that. I'm just saying, like guys who maybe you know, can't not play. very good football. Maybe players. they just can't play. Um, you know, it's it's uh, what you're kind of hoping for. So, you know, to lose Calvin is a is a major, 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 major bummer. And and sort of full disclosure, I have not read the Coog fan story where he um, because they put that behind the paywall. Uh, where he explained his decision. So I, so I, I am flying blind on this. I do not know why, um, why he made the decision he did. Um, it does not seem like it's, it's made out of bitterness or, or anything like that. So, I mean, I guess that's good, but at the same time, and, and look, I mean, guys leave for all kinds of reasons. Uh, but you know, we've, you know, we've, we've, we've lost, we've lost a bit of talent, man. We've, you know, there've been lots of guys who have left and, um, you know, I, I, I think of most of the guys who have left, you kind of think, eh, you know, Maybe, you know, we, we, we're not me either. We're not sure what they can do, or maybe they're probably replaceable. You know, those guys, I mean, like, you know, the Gunner Cruz, you kind of go, okay. You know, uh, you know, when, you know, Willie Rogers leaves, you go, okay. Uh, you know, Lamont McDougal, we all had, you know, huge expectations for him, but you know, he never really performed at those levels with us. So, you know, you kind of go, eh, okay. But when you start like adding it all up and then you add on top, you know, Jameer Calvin can play. Like that's, yeah. that's a different deal. Like we know he can play and we know he's going to be hard to replace. We know it's going to be very difficult to find another guy who can do what he can do on the outside. So, and I, I know mean, we th- had a, we had a walk on wide receiver playing at outside yep. last year. So we're already pretty thin yep. on outside receiver. And we, you know, I know we recruited for outside receivers. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. And, uh, they're know, still freshmen. Maybe there's a transfer coming that we don't know about that Jameer Calvin knows about or something. I don't know, but um, you know, and maybe he was you know going to be moved back inside and didn't want to you know share reps with Renard Bell and Travell Harris. I mean, honestly, I don't know. Um, I just know that you know losing him is is bad. 
<laughs> like it's just there's there's really no other way to put it. It's bad and well and so yeah in in this in this offense if you're not one of the top right four wide receivers you're we, not getting many reps. They're it's not, not rotating. It's, yeah, it, it, before if you know you had two of the best wide receivers in the Pac-12 rotating outside receiver in uh, in Aesop Winston and uh, what, what the f- Patman Desmond Patman, <laughs> Des Patman sorry yeah, yeah. Uh, fifteen That's point right. fifteen points yeah we know we know about your beer alcohol yep, yep, just um, but yeah you you had two of the best receivers in the Pac-12 who were rotating the same position and still got tons of you know tons of targets each um, you know plenty of film all that. Uh, but that's just not happening here. Like guy, we, we saw, you know, uh, the, the running back who starts plays the entire game. Like, like Jameer Calvin played almost every snap in those four games. And so did Bernard Bell, so did Travel Harris and Calvin Jackson, whatever, if he was healthy and Lucas Bacon did when, when he wasn't healthy. Um, so we saw very little, like the other guys come in, um, it's it's just not the same as we're used to with the air raid. Like so, yeah, maybe it's something like that. But I, you know, it, it, obviously those of you with Kook fan subscriptions probably know more than we do, and we don't have it. And uh, sorry, um, no offense, Kook fan. We just, just you know, we're, we're just yeah, we're poor, you know. And maybe some of it was you know he he really for playing virtually every snap, um, he really didn't have a lot of targets. Um, yeah. You know, most most of the targets went to the inside guys, particularly Travell Harris, but but also Renard Bell. Um, so, you know, maybe that was part of it. I honestly have no idea. Like like we said, we didn't read the story, so I don't know. Um, and, and and by the way, like not not that necessarily what he says in the story is is the whole story anyway. Right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know, right. So no who knows? Um, but, you know, hopefully there's enough talent left behind. Um, but it, you know, it, it does make it, it does make you a little uncomfortable when, you know, the other outside receiver was, was, you know, Lucas Bacon, uh, and not, not to besmirch, you know, the name of Lucas Bacon, but, um, I think it was pretty clear that, you know, he was, um, you know, not, not maybe what producing, producing what you would like to produce out of that position, I guess is the way I would put it. So, well, yeah, when you have, uh, uh, Calvin had 17 catches on one side and then bacon has five on the other right right you know, that. and you know and again most of the targets went to the inside so you know i mean best of luck to him i mean we we are well established on this podcast of being uh, ardent 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 player supporters uh you know it, it very ardent supporters of player agency and so if jameer calvin feels like he can do better somewhere else or, or something else fits better for him you know more power to him uh no bitterness whatsoever i i don't you know, no, no ill will. I hope that he's awesome. I hope he kills it. Um, I'm glad that he was a coog for as long as he was. Um, I'm just, I'm just bummed out that, uh, you know, selfishly I'm bummed out for the production that we're losing. And, um, you know, it would have been nice to see him, you know, really blossom into the guy. I think we all believe he can be cause, cause that never really happened. And, um, yeah, you know, through no, no fault of his own. Yeah. I mean, no fault of his own, but, but, uh, but it, it never really happened. So, uh, it would have been really great. To, to see it happen and you know i'll be i'll definitely be rooting for him to to do it somewhere else but i don't know man a lot of talent is left under rolovich um you know again different circumstances for different things uh but when you start adding up you know the tay martins of the world and uh you know lamont mcdougall and you know will rogers and jameer calvin and gunner cruz and 
you know, there was an offensive lineman, McGinnis, uh, Dylan McGinnis, right? Or Hunter? Yep. Hunter. Hunter McGinnis. Uh, yeah. His brother's yeah. Dylan, who's still around apparently. Yeah. But, but, you know, Hunter McGinnis, you know, a guy who uh, came in as a blue shirt, uh, you know, was, was recruited by UCLA. They pulled his scholarship at the last minute. WCU landed him as a, as an unrecruited guy. But, you know, solid kind of mid to upper three-star kid. You know, you're kind of hoping he'd be he would be a guy who could step in on the line at some point. He transfers out. Um, you know, it remains to be seen how big of a deal any of this is. Uh, but it but it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel great. So. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, Jameer Calvin's a weapon, and oh, uh, yeah. it's going to be that's something that whoever plays quarterback next year is not going to have. So. Yeah, and he could take the um, top off a of defense in a way that I'm not sure anybody else, maybe Travell Harris. Um, I'm not sure anybody else on the roster can do. And that's yep. kind of a bummer because it's a vertical offense. So, yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, uh, man, now let's talk about, uh, more sad, sh- like annoying shit. Uh, the women's hoops team, um, despite a, another huge, huge weekend from Charlie Sledger Walker, just, uh, she is in such a groove. I, she has been so fun to watch. Um, but uh, other than that, like they, you know, I they drop Arizona on Friday. Like, I, I mean, they're playing a top 10 team on the road. I know they beat them at home, but they, you know, That's a they, basically their offense just failed them in the second half. They held Arizona to five points in the third quarter, but they only scored 11. And then they just, and then Arizona came, you know, turned it back on in the fourth quarter and, and it was over and, and we, you know, we just couldn't score outside of Charlize and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, that they, and then they come in Arizona state, um, you know, they have another, another tough one, you know, that's, I mean, it's a road game against like not a bad team. Um, definitely a team you want to beat, but, uh. Uh, it's definitely a game that you can lose if you don't play well. Um, and, uh, you know, this, I think, uh, too many turnovers. Again, we talk about the men's team, too. It, it, uh, uh, you know, Crystal Ledger-Walker is not shooting the way that she was early in the season. So her turnovers become a little more pronounced. Like, she's not turning it over at any higher rate than she has at any point in the year. But when she's not hitting the threes and hitting the mid-range shots that she has been hitting – the rest of the season, like it becomes obvious. Um, Ula Matuga has been playing really well, but at the same time, like when you're, when your point guard who, who takes a lot of the shots and, and has the ball a lot, isn't, isn't scoring the way she has been, it, you know, it, it kind of becomes obvious. And I think Bella has been having a lot of foul trouble down low. Uh, and it's just, uh, they've had this, um, and, and I, uh, one thing that has to be said is Sherilyn Molina has missed these, last three games that they've lost and she only plays you know 15 to 20 minutes a game but they often play her in crunch time so she's obviously a very important player on the team and she brings like some you know a skill set that maybe uh they don't have she's very good on ball defender and, and she's um you know she's been able to knock down threes and she drives to the basket which you know not a lot of our not a lot of our players do um so she's just kind of unique skill set and, and i think Honestly, you have her, and I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these three at least they win. You know, yeah. Um, they they may or may not need to win all of them. <laughs> like, 
We don't really I'd probably know. Lean towards more, I'd probably lean towards more that they'd need to be just because these three teams are teams that would yes. be bad losses. If, if you don't win, it's yes. a bad loss. Yes. It's the biggest thing always to keep in mind, though, for everybody is that like making it into the tournament is a moving target. And yes. and I know that we don't we don't have a lot of experience with this. But but I tend to see a lot of like this stuff flying around on Twitter where it's like, oh, well, they they have to do this or they have to do that in order to have a chance. They have to do this to make it in like, oh, well, now that they've lost Arizona State, they probably have to win these last three games in order to get in. And it's like, no, no, they don't have to. Maybe maybe they do. Maybe they don't. We don't really know. That's the problem. Like like we don't it's because it's all it's it's all relative. Right. Like like making it to the tournament is is not a hey if you get over this bar you're in it's a if you are one of the top however many teams you get in right and so that's it's it's why every single year and this is hilarious because like so our friend john gassaway who writes for uh, espn.com and he's one of their espn plus insider guys and we used to write with at uh, basketball prospectus like he makes this joke every year about how every single year every single year without fail uh, national college basketball writers will say this is the weakest. Is this the weakest bubble ever? This is the weakest bubble ever. And it's like, no, the bubble is just like, like weak. Like, like it just is. Once you start getting it down, teams that lose games, like they lose games. Yes. That's why they're once on the you bubble. start, once you start, they are on the bubble because they lose. They lose stupid ass games to teams they shouldn't lose to. You know, if they weren't losing those games, they wouldn't be on the bubble. You know, so that's where, you know, that's kind of where Wazoo is. It's like, okay, so, and by the way, they are right now in Charlie Cream's projection on ESPN, which is kind of like the big one. There's not quite the cottage industry around the women's bracket that there is around the men's. Um, But we were an 11 seed at some point on Sunday and then, or sorry, on Monday. And then at some point this morning, Tuesday morning, it switched and he upgraded us to a nine seed. I don't know why. And that could have I don't meant know like what happened on team, Monday. Yeah. Another I mean, team it could, lost or something. You know? Exactly. It could have been a couple teams lost. I mean, who knows? But we moved back up to a nine seed. We went from being one of the last four in on Monday in his projection to being solidly in on Tuesday, which, and, and we didn't play a game. Right. So it just all kind of goes to show you like all of this stuff is yes. If WSU wants to have the strongest possible resume, they should win every game from now until the end of the season. Duh. Right. But it's like, okay, so what's what's the threshold for making it in? Who knows? Can they afford to lose a game? Probably depends on what happens around them, to be honest. Well, so uh, I say so, I, I I don't know if the typical requirement that you have to have a winning record to get into postseason play. Like, well, they got into the women's NIT uh, a couple of years ago with a losing record. So I don't even know if that's a requirement. But it might be for the NCAA tournament. It might be a requirement. So they, I, I think at, at the bare minimum, we need to win two or three of these um, to have a winning record. I think it would look really nice to have a winning record in conference play, which would be yeah. having to win all three. Um, they're all three teams that they've already beaten on the road in Colorado, Utah, and Washington. Colorado's the best of the three. Utah should be a gimme. They should not lose that game. Utah is awful. UW is also pretty bad. Uh, but UW also just beat ASU. Uh, who WSU couldn't beat. So um, you, uh, these are three games that they should win. Um, I, 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 apparently, Sherilyn is out with 
um, some personal reasons and I hope the best for her. I don't know yep. what's going on there. Um, and it doesn't seem like she's going to be back anytime soon. So, uh, they're going to have to roll. They've obviously it's, they've been worse without her. I mean, she's their best player off the bench. Uh, and it's been rough when you given when you already have some players that play some heavy, heavy minutes, uh, the, the, the two ledger walkers play pretty much the entire game, every game. Um, and you know, you have other players that play in a ton too. Uh, it, and he just, you know, it's, it's always when you lose someone in rotation, we saw with the men's team too, the, the player that you're bringing in is not as good. And so it's just that, you know, you're, you're getting a little bit less quality, uh, down the way. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, still, even without Sherilyn, these are teams they should beat. Um, hopefully, uh, Charlize can keep it going and hopefully, uh, Crystal, you know, can find her shot again. Um, there should be a tournament too, a Pac-12 tournament, which should give them some opportunities to get some more wins. You know, get some more wins. So, uh, you know, where they finish in the standings helps too. You know, you can get a, a better matchup or something. So, uh, that's something to, to to look at as well. So, I mean, honestly, it's fun. Like it, it's it's so WSU the men's team or the women's team obviously has not had like a bubble team very often. And with that clay team was a bubble team. Yeah. You know, the two Bennett teams were not bubble teams. They were definitely no. in, um, we were just worried about getting like a top, top four seed and with those right. teams, you know, that was right. it. And, but like, uh, the bubble team is an exciting thing. I, I mean, it turned out with like, with, uh, clay, they, I mean, if they would have won like one more game, they probably would have made it in. Yeah. Um, if they would have won that Washington game, uh, they, they probably would have made it in or that UCLA game that they had lost when clay was out. But, um, but it, it, this, we're coming down the wire. Um, it's a, a 30 year drought. I just, uh, man, I, I hope they can get all three of these and, and make it feel better and just kind of make it a, make it a no brainer because they deserve it. It's been a tough, tough schedule that they've had to play they they didn't get some like gimme wins because they they missed cal twice and and so that you know it'd be nice to have be 11 and 9 right now just just from an aesthetic perspective and and i and i and i gotta believe as much of these uh uh these uh uh you know these selection committee wants to be objective and looking at the the schedules uh, they must look at the records a little bit and be like oh they're only nine and nine so that's not quite as impressive so um, but they played a very tough schedule to get to that nine and nine and, and they've had, they have two very good wins, um, and other impressive road wins as well. So I hope they can just get these three and kind of confirm that they're going to break that 30 year drought and, and it should be fun to watch. I look forward to it. I, my sense. So, you know, I don't know about you, uh, because our teams are typically not in the NCAA tournament conversation. Uh, I typically don't actually pay that much attention to what is like, like how the selection process is going. I know it's an, an, it's an obsession for um, a lot of people. I just have always been like, yeah, you know, I I just kind of like keep basically keep one eye on it. Um, So what I will say is this, it seems to me without a whole lot of like, you know, evidence to back it up it seems to me that the committees tend to favor teams that have good wins more than they penalize teams with bad losses. Absolutely. Yes. Like, yeah, so, like you'll see, 
if yeah, you can you'll see prove like that you can beat and somebody, teams get this. Okay. yes, if you can prove that you can beat somebody, um, and if you can do it more than once, the committee, it seems to me, and again, you know, this is all like <laughs> kind of, you know, anecdotal recollection, but it seems to me that they favor, hey, if you've shown you can beat a team two or three times, even if you have some bad losses, if they're trying to wait to kind of compare two teams, and this is where the mid-majors really get penalized, right? Because they don't even have mm-hmm. the opportunity to pick up a good win like that. So you take a team that's a, you know, a middling Power 5 team that has beaten a couple of really good teams, even if they've also lost to some bad teams, um, you kind of go, well, they, they at least have that. You know they have that in them. The mid-major, you go, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Um, and so this is all to say, WSU with wins over Arizona and UCLA, um, you know, those are two feathers in their pocket that that really nobody can take away. And, and I would have to think that, you know, when, when they start comparing resumes, um, if for some reason they don't win these last three and, you know, let's let's say maybe they lose two out of the three and they're trying to compare resumes with somebody else. Um, you know, th- there aren't very many teams, I think, that are going to be able to have uh, on the bubble anyway that are going to be able to have wins as good as Arizona because Arizona right now in their this latest projection, Arizona is a, uh, a three seed and I think a three seed and then UCLA is yeah, so a, two, Ari- a two seed. So UCLA is number eight in that and Arizona is number 11 yeah. and uh, WSU is number 38, which uh, is typically, you know, RPI Should history, be history, safely. And yeah, so it, it does make yeah. you a, a kind of bubble team depending on, uh, where you're at with wins, but they got those wins. So yep. hopefully it's And enough. depending on bid um, stealers too. That's always the thing you can't account for is the bid yes, stealers. Yes. So, you know, those, those at large bids can, can sort of start to shrink. So the more on... conference tournaments that are canceled, the better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that That's absolutely true. I mean, you laugh, yeah. but, but it's true. You know, it's the more of those auto bids that go straight to the first place team, you know, the better. So. Yep. Okay, so I uh, also say if they end up at 10 or 11 over a 9, ah, that's fine with me. Yeah, um, that's actually almost or a better maybe, spot. Maybe win, maybe win out, you know, win the next three, win one or two at the Pac-12 tournament, get yourself a 7 seed. Just get out of that, you know. Because you look at the top four teams, we talk yeah. about this. I, they're, I mean, Stanford, UConn, no South Carolina. Stanford, UConn, South Carolina, and Baylor – are a notch above yeah. everyone else. Like it's, I mean, that's yeah, pretty and, much automatic annihilation in the second round, yeah. more or less. What you'd really like to be is is out. Like ideally, you want to be all the way outside of that seven to ten range. Like either Although, either like, be an eleven or be a six, but don't be in that seven to ten range. Truthfully, with this squad, with with uh, Charlize being a freshman, and uh, I mean, I. I I don't know. I, I'm just going to assume that Crystal's going to come back next year, too. Um, that uh, Getting, uh, as this kind of first year, this turnaround year, or uh, uh, not necessarily a, a turnaround year, but I mean it is, uh, that just getting any, uh, if they got a win in the tournament would be amazing. So get there, yep. whatever yep. seat it is, and win that game. It'll be just euphoric. But um okay so we're already at hour 33 we got i I had a i had a listener question we need to answer too uh so let's quickly run through uh so volleyball huge weekend 
uh, yeah, just swept awesome. away. Color took care of Colorado really with pr- relative ease. Um, Colorado, I, I will say too. Yeah, the the Friday match or Thursday. It was Thursday Saturday. Yeah, the, th- the Thursday match um, was a little uh, hairy for a moment. Uh, WSU quickly went up two zero. Colorado won the th- third set and then had a huge lead late. I think they were up 22-19 in the fourth set. So you're like, oh, shit, they're going to force a fifth. And, of course, a fifth is only to 15. Anyone can win that. Um, as we saw, uh, Cal beat Stanford, and Cal hasn't beaten Stanford for 10 years. They forced that fifth set. They dom- They got in a nice round the fifth set, whatever. Um, so you're just like, don't avoid – when you're the better team, just don't you, – you don't want to get that fifth set. Um, but, uh, but, you know, WSU was able to come back, close that one down, and then they just annihilated them three sets on Saturday. Um, Colorado, yeah, like you said, they were undefeated coming in. They hadn't played very good teams, but whatever, you know. Knock them off yeah. their perch. And now WSU's tied for second with a bunch of teams. They're right there, right there to make another tournament. It's great. Yeah. Top 25 team. Uh, 19, uh, what are they? 19, 18, I think they're up to 17 now. I think they're yeah. up to 17. So, yeah, kicking ass. They are fun to watch. Uh, you know, most of their broadcasts are on, on the Internet. Pretty easy to find. So, uh, yeah, check them out. Yeah, just, and, like we said, follow their Twitter. They always have the links to where to find them. Yeah, they're 17th. Moving yeah. on. Yeah, and we and will we will give 17. them, We you know, honestly, like like let's be honest. They deserve more attention than what we give them. <laughs> on this podcast we just don't know uh, that much about volleyball yeah you know so. and we we don't know that much and you know honestly it's just there's so damn much going on right now we're not used to this so uh, yeah there's too many sports good news for them is their their season will extend past the basketball season so uh excited to pay maybe a little even more attention to them after basketball ends here in a few weeks so i will say i do make a point to watch all their matches now at this yeah. point they're too far. i try hard um yeah um and then uh, soccer team again. We couldn't watch it. Uh, it was a mystery. Oh. All we got was pictures and some highlights. But they they got down early against Eastern on a penalty, and then just a, just dominated from then on out uh, to win four one over Eastern. Um, I don't know if you saw the highlights of uh, of Elise's uh, goal, but I don't think she meant it. But it's uh, Elise Bennett's uh, goal. Uh, looked like she may have been trying to cross the ball, but it knocks off the crossbar and in, which is you know when things are going well when that happens. So yeah, yeah, they're they're really good, and I'm I'm they super, have attacking players. Yeah, I'm super bummed out that like most of their games are not going to be able to be watched because they're playing in the bubble, they're playing in the big ass because of the weather. So, yeah, because of the weather and you know whatever. It's a little bit of snow. Come on. But you can't and you can't really there's no place to put the camera. That's the yeah, like that's like the it, issue, right? Yeah. Like like the bubble is just a you know, it's 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 a it's a I don't know, what what would you call it? Like a con like am I even use the word the word right? Concave roof where it's like there's really yeah. no way to like go up and take it. I mean, I assume that the football team when they're in there they have like a scissor lift or something that you know they use for for, for videoing. So, yeah. yeah, but but I would also guess they're probably not using the entire field when they do that, which you know, yeah, that's probably they're just the doing yeah, for, like thirty yards. Yes. Or so it's probably part of the issue for soccer. And the so camera's anyway, not moving. Yeah, yeah, pretty bummed out that we're not not going to get to watch, uh, not going to get to watch very many games with them. Maybe maybe they'll so, um, pl- 
play some of their games outside. And we'll get to see some of that. Maybe later in the season. Yeah. Later in the season? I don't but know. But we, as we know, winter can go till May in Pullman, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Every year I was in school, we had snow after my birthday, and my birthday is on March 13th, so. And not not like flurries, but like, you know, substantial snow. Hey, there, there. Are, everyone has a story of uh, weather. I, I, everyone, know, like, I've, I've heard of snow in finals week, so um but yeah uh so hopefully they you know we get when they're on when they're on the road hopefully we'll we'll get to watch them play um but the nice thing about the the thing you're we you lose morgan weaver you lose trinity rodman you get a little bit worried about the attacking play but they they seem to have you know Alyssa gray and and elise bennett and 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 some you know some others they have some young good attacking players so Hopefully, we it seems we still have some of that speed. You know, obviously Morgan Weaver and, and Trinity Rodman are very fast. You know, Trinity Rodman is going to be like that, that that replacement for Weaver as that like burner forward that can just you know torch teams. But I think there's still just a lot of attacking talent on this team. They have a very good midfield. I I I I you know they're ranked. They they've they've looked the part in their first two matches. Um, I think we're gonna kind of see them still be good, and that's fun because yeah. we are a soccer yeah. school. So, yes, we are, um, and we know people, our faithful listeners, know how much you and I love our soccer. So, yes, and which just bums me out that we can't watch the matches. Which I know, crazy, God, we have so one, one match really, during really the Super Bowl. See. One yeah. match is during the Super Bowl, and then one match that's that's, that's not even on TV. I so one we had one question. Um, I forwarded it to you, Jeff. I, I don't know if you had a, t- a chance to think about it or even see it. Um, uh, from uh, Jeff White, who I know it's a, he's a long-time listener. Uh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to say your full name, dude. Uh, bleep that. Uh, um, uh, from <laughs> Jeff. Uh, Jeff with a G, not with a J. Um, he says, I, uh, dudes, uh, I love uh, – call us dudes. I love it. Uh, I love Ken Palm, but I don't know all the weeds and deets. Uh, yeah, it's pretty tough. We've been – We've been digging in it for uh, over a decade, so that helps. But when taking a broad view of the rankings, what number range does a team need to be in to have a realistic shot in at-large bid? I know it's not really the case this year, but it's fun to have a competent team with a bright future. Um, so uh, the first thing I will say is uh, Ken Palm rankings don't necessarily have anything to do with the the yeah. uh, the tournament the the committee says they use it but I, I honestly don't think they do that much uh, but I will say when it was RPI the difference between Kempom and what the committee was doing was like massive yes but when when but now they actually use an adjusted offensive efficiency is a significant portion offensive and defensive efficiency and and the efficiency margin is a, a significant portion of their net tool which has replaced rpi so they are a little closer and i think we'll probably see uh we'll probably start seeing ken palm look a lot more similar to those but the one key difference is that net awards teams for wins well ken palm does not give a fuck if you won the game it only cares about your efficiency margin so yes it does matter if you won the game but it only matters if how much you won the game by against a team like a a certain team so like it it just it doesn't matter like if you beat uh 
it, it matters. So for Kempom, it's going to matter a lot more. Like it'll matter the like only marginally different if you lose to the number one team by one point or you beat the number one team by one point. That's only yep. going to be marginally different in the in it. But in in the net rankings, it's going to be huge. And and in the committee, the way they select you is going to be huge. Like right. you could be the number two team on Kempom if you play like Gonzaga's number one team right now. If you played Gonzaga 30 times and lost to them by one point every time, you would be the number two team on Kempom. You'd be 0-30, and you'd be the number two team on Kempom because you would be pretty much as good as the number one team. Like, right. but And that's just an extreme example. But that's, uh, but all that being said, and I'll let you, Jeff, say kind of where you got to be to feel good about it. So, yeah, which that's always the hard thing, right? Because Ken Palm is trying to measure – the true quality of a team for predictive purposes. Right. So like yes. when, we're, when they're trying to, you know, when you look at a Ken Palm ranking, it's like, it's okay. So the tr- tool. Yes. Like, and it used to actually be, a, <laughs> used to be a gambling cheat code and it's not so much anymore. Yeah. The, 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 the Vegas pretty much does the same it. thing now. Yes. But okay. So, th- so there's that piece. And then, then you have to understand that the, excuse me, that the, um, the, tournament committee is the resume is a different thing right resumes are not true quality resumes are based on wins right so it's a it's kind of a combination of wins and quality right which is where um things like in fact this was an article i posted today maybe i'll tweet it out um but wins above bubble right tries to sort of capture both how good you are and also how many wins you get um, net tries to sort of capture that a little bit by incorporating a win element also to the efficiency margin element. So, so to, that's all a roundabout way to say, looking at your ranking on Ken Palm is, is, is sort of dicey. And, and I'll even like expand on it just a tiny bit to say in the last couple of years, there have been some pretty wild outliers in terms of teams that were ranked fairly low on Ken Palm that still got into the tournament as an at-large bid. So, for example, um, as I'm looking at uh, not last season, because obviously there was no tournament last season, uh, but two years ago, uh, Temple. RPI was still in use, yeah. RPI was still in use two years ago. Mm, I think two years ago was the first year of net. I'm not. No, I think net was the first year net was going to be used for, for, wasn't it last year? I think it was the year before that. I think it was the year before that. But anyway, okay, so as we go down, uh, you know, looking kind of at, uh, you know, the rankings of some of the teams that got in. Uh, so here's one example from, from 2019. Uh, St. John's got in with a record of 21 and 13. Uh, they went out in the second round of the Big East tournament, or sorry, 21 and 12 was what, what they were. Oh, yeah, you're they right. It was 2019. You're right. It was that was the year. Okay. Yeah. So St. John's, 21-12, and 12, went out in the second round of the Big East Tournament, ranked 88th, 8-8, 88th in Ken Palm, got in as an at-large team. So, okay, right? Like, that's like that's a pretty crazy at-large. But there were others that year, too, where it was like, okay, so uh, scrolling back up a little bit, Temple ranked 69th, got in as an at-large team. Seton Hall ranked 60th, got in as an at-large Arizona State 57th got so in say, that large. Uh, yeah, St. Yeah. John's was 81st, and they got their butts kicked by Arizona State, and the, but still 81st. Yeah, to get so in. 81st before they got in. Yeah, so that's a good yeah. point. 
Um, the year before that, uh, you know, again, as we're kind of looking, uh, you know, maybe not quite as extreme, but Providence at 63rd got in as an at-large team. Um, St. Bonaventure at 68th. I'm pretty sure they were not the auto bid that year from the A-10. So 68th, they got in. Um, okay, so those are outliers. Where you typically want to be in order to say, okay, like like we are legitimately in the Wait, were those all just A- A-10 teams that you just said? Uh, no, there was, was a Big three? East. Were... There was a Big East in oh, there. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Sometimes so, the Big East and A-10 like, conflate to me. A couple of Big brain, Easts, but... yeah. So anyway, so so kind of the issue was all right. So where so the, if if the question is where do you need to be in order to be like a legit bubble team, uh, to have a legit like claim to one of those last handful of bids, uh, it's like like forty to fifty is kind of where you want to be. Like if you are in that range, forty to fifty in Ken Palm, you're probably gonna be like in the serious conversation for a bubble. Um, you've probably racked up enough good wins, decent wins to be on the bubble. Um, it's certainly not a guarantee. Like, for example, uh, two years ago, 2019, as I'm just kind of scrolling up here, uh, teams ranked between 40 and 50 who did not get in the tournament include Nebraska, Lipscomb, Penn State, and NC State. Uh, Penn State didn't even get in the NIT at 14 and 18, but they were 43rd because the Big Ten was so insane tcu was 40th they didn't get in uh clemson was 36th they didn't get in texas was 25th they didn't get in at 21 and 16 so so nothing's really a guarantee when it comes to ken palm but if you want to seriously well, be in the conversation yeah, if you talk, 40 to 50 is kind of your low end and this barring, is where we talked about the women weird. Where we talked about with the women is like wins matter like yeah that's why you see the big east teams that can get in with a low ranking is the Big East has so many good teams. You're gonna well, play it's, like it's just so many. Teams. You're gonna have you're gonna have so many chances to beat a good team. Like so, if you just hit one or two of those, you have those marquee wins, and then you get it. And we saw like like when the Pac-10 was going good, like Pac-10, not 12. When the Pac-10 was going good, and when like seven teams would make it in, a lot, like you'd see teams that weren't that were like nine and nine in conference play and make the tournament and have like a pretty decent seed, like a nine or ten seed. And it's because like they they just had these opportunities, so many opportunities to get big games. Like one, I wanted to highlight this WSU actually has a pretty good example of this. Like the uh, uh, Bennett's last year, the Taylor Rochester Baines team, oh eight oh nine. Uh, they finished the season 49th. They were actually when selection time because they dropped a bit because they lost to St. Mary's at the end of the year. And this is before uh, Ken started putting the previous ranking of the game on, on there. So he doesn't have that. But if I remember right, they were around 40 uh, before that game because uh, they dropped quite a bit because they got you know whooped by St. Mary's, who was not a super highly rated team. Um, but, uh, but so WSU... Uh, was like around 40. So they're right in that spot where you think, oh, they're in at-large bid, but they were only 17 and 15. Like they didn't, they had some good wins. They beat UCLA and they beat Arizona State. Like they had some good wins by the end of the year, but they just didn't have like a a great looking record. They didn't have enough good wins. And so that's where, you know, maybe the quality of your team is different than the resume of your team. And so yeah. that year, WSU had a pretty quality team. Actually, not a not like, you know, not 
like definitely in the range of a team that could have potentially uh, made the tournament, but they just didn't have enough wins um, to get into the tournament. So, uh, you know, they could probably could have beaten a lot of the teams that were in the tournament, uh, yep. you know, that, that got at large bids. Except um, for St. Mary's. But, couldn't have beat St. Mary's. Yeah. Except for St. But as you see, like Temple got an at large bid and they're just one spot behind them in the, in the final campfire rankings that yeah. year. So, um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to say if you're top 30, uh, that Texas from a few years ago is an outlier, but like if you're top 30, generally you're good enough to get in. Um, but if you're top 30, you're probably going to win. Like, especially in the pack 10 these days, pack 12 these days, if you're top 30, you're probably going to win most of your games. So yeah. you're going to get enough wins to get in. And, and yep. uh, it, it's uh, yeah, it's hard to say. Um, Again, like Kempom is not is a tool that they use. They say, but I, yeah, I, I question how seriously. They I, I, I I don't. It, I think but... they lo, they will look at net ninety nine percent and Kempom one percent because you know because I mean, honestly I don't disagree with that. Yeah, like I I there like there's there has to be a winning aspect to yes. qualify for the postseason. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like ultimately I said that, wins are what matters. So. I, I like I that. use that extreme example. If you play the number one team thirty times, you lose all thirty. Do you? I mean, sorry, you you don't get a go. I'm sorry. Like yeah. it's just it's it, you, you got to win some games. Um, yeah, it, and we can't we can't just like it, it, if you just made it totally about an adjusted efficiency metric, you would even further uh, even further put the mid majors at a disadvantage because then. Then the big teams would never play a mid major. They would only play each other. Like they would, they would only play each other. You'd have to be a mid major. The only mid majors that would qualify would be actually. I don't know. Now I'm saying it. There may be some teams that would have. Uh, I'm thinking like Denver from a few years ago yeah. and, and Belmont, who might have made it in because they just beat the shit out of their other teams. I don't know. Yeah. Now I'm talking myself out of it, well, but it's just. I, I do think they would never like a big team if it was only based on your adjusted efficiency, like a big team would probably never play a little team just in case like you your 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 team didn't take it seriously enough and you like only beat that little team by five points and, and, and it looks bad on your uh, adjusted efficiency. But Yeah, I, I would. So I would say if you're like if you really, really, really are like wanting to get into the weeds of a stat that actually is somewhat predictive of where a team needs to be in order to get into the tournament, um, that wins above bubble stat is, is really kind of the best one. Um, and it's way to it's, it's not super complicated, but but I don't really want to go into the weeds of it here on the show. Um, and I'll go ahead and like throw the link into the show, uh, the article. So when I, when I put the post on Coog Center, I'll put the, I'll put a link to an article in there that sort of explains wins above bubble and why it's a, why it's a good metric to use. If you're, if you're really trying to like accomplish what I think the question is asking, which is, okay, so if I'm trying to figure out what is the point at which we're sort of like near the bubble, um, wins above bubble is a really good way to, to look at that. And basically just measures like basically how are you doing compared to what a bubble team would do and what a hypothetical bubble team would do. And so, um, right now, uh, Washington state. So the, the easiest to access one is on barttorvik.com. Uh, right now we are, sorry, just sec. I can tell you, hold on. Uh, this is great radio. Sorry, we are 133rd 
in wins above bubble. And this is really one where you want to be like in the top, like 45 to 50. Uh, cause that's where, that's where theoretically the bubble is, right? Cause that's about how many at large bids there are once you take out the auto bids. Um, so we are, we are quite a ways off that pace. Um, although I will say we were like, right about like, uh, negative two on wins above bubble before Monday night, which would have put us right about a hundred. And we dropped like 30 spots by losing to Washington. So that was a bad loss. If you, if you're an NCAA tournament team and that's kind of what wins above bubble is trying to capture good wins, bad losses. Um, That's a bad loss. If you're, if you're thinking of, if you're fancying yourself an NCAA tournament team, losing to Washington is bad, bad, bad. So Yeah. So that that's what I would look at if I were you is that that wins above bubble metric. That's a pretty decent predictor of, of you know, basically it's a combination of team quality and resume. So so that's uh, where Jeff found it is Bart, B-A-R-T, Torvik, T-O-R-V-I-K dot com. Um, it's kind of like a Ken Palmish type thing. Like if you, like, uh, it's, <laughs> Except way I, I, more I, loaded I, down and way more confusing. Yeah, um, I will encourage you to read all of his like kind of FAQs and just to and his like explainers to like he basically says like why I'm different than Kempom and stuff and it's very interesting. He's very interesting to look at. He definitely his, his like he's definitely he does things similarly to Kempom but and then different in some very specific and important ways. So um, yeah, so take a. Uh, take a look at that. I'd love to get Bart on sometime. Oh, like, we should I, do that. Um, we we actually should get him on. Uh, that He's, would be fun. I don't know if you listen to his interview with Jordan Sperber, uh, the yeah, guy yeah, who does yeah. Hoop Vision, but that was that was a fun as hell interview to listen to. Like the thing I love about Bart, and I know this is like a total tangent, uh, but he does not take himself too seriously. So if you listen to our interview with with Ken Pomeroy, um, Ken takes his website very seriously. Ken is. Uh, a pretty serious, I mean, he has a good sense of humor, but he's a pretty serious guy too. He does. Yeah. yeah and it's like, so in his website is a, you know, I mean, it's his livelihood, right? Like, like yeah. this is his, this is moneymaker. And, and so, you know, he's very sort of meticulous about his site and what, what he puts on the site. And, I, and one of the big things from our interview was he talked about how like, Hey, I don't, I don't add anything to the site unless I'm really convinced it's going to add something. And also usually I'll try to take something away. So it doesn't get too cluttered, doesn't get, you know, there's not too much. And basically I want to make sure like everything I put in there really adds value. Uh, Bart is, so number one, his site is free, unlike Ken Palm's site. So Ken Palm's site is, you know, 20 bucks a year, which is an amazing value. We, we, we say that all the time. Bart's site is completely free. So Bart's site is maybe a little less attractive and also has like, like literally anything that went through Bart's head. As, also kind of looks similar it looks yeah, similar it's, it's got similar. the green and the red and you know i mean there it's and, you know a lot of the tempo free stats are the same but it's like literally anything else that went through bart's head at some point as i wonder what this would look like or this might be interesting or literally anything like that ends up on the site and like you can like play around with it and mess around with it but the best part is that he's like basically he has like a giant disclaimer at his site like hey use any of this stuff at your own risk. (laughs) Like, like, like a lot of this stuff has not been rigorously means tested. Like we're just sort of like, I'm throwing out ideas and you can decide how much value it has, you know, go for it. 
Um, so I, I kind of love that because he doesn't take it too seriously. Um, and it's full of just sort of crazy, wonky, you know, weird stats and graphs and all kinds of crazy stuff, which is part of why I don't use it that much because it's sort of like it's kind of hard to navigate. But but yeah, you go to their main page, you sort it by wins above bubble. You'll, you'll kind of see what we're talking about on that. I, I do like one, one graph. I think if you go to like the team page for WSU, the game scores are very interesting. It's like fun to look at like the games that are good, the games that are bad, yep. it kind of, you know, it kind of sees why you rise and you fall in these metrics and stuff. He, he does adjusted efficiency for in-conference play, which, uh, which, um, um, Cam Palm doesn't do. Yep. He definitely like, like, just like, for example, uh, his, um, in his ratings, WSU is rated 52nd in adjusted defensive efficiency and Ken Palm's, I think we're 43rd. So it so there are some differences like they don't use so actually he uses he uses a Pythag, he uses a Pythagorean a Pythag, um, Pythagorean uh, uh, ranking tool which uh, Kempom used to use and and now uses adjusted uh, efficiency uh, 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 difference um, so his um, are kind of a window into what the Kempom rankings would have been like ten years ago. I think uh, so he, I think that Ken's adjusted efficiency margin that he uses is just sort of like a translation of the Pythagorean stuff, but I'm not positive about that. I remember when he went to it a couple of years ago, I read, or two, three years ago when he went to that. I remember reading about it. I, I thought it was just sort of like, hey, this is pretty much the same thing, but it's easier to understand in this way. So I'm not really sure. I, I just, I think that Torvik, calculates his just a little bit differently and obviously like like ken pomeroy's is like i mean it's proprietary right like you know he's got his own little calculation and you know torvik's got his and so you know whatever i mean it's it's all like approximations and little adjustments and you know whatever so um but you know torvik does some cool things like you can uh you can do an adjustment for like your effective field goal percentage Right. So like where on Ken Pomeroy, your uh, adjustment really is just your efficiency and everything else is just sort of like raw rate stats. Um, Mm -hmm. You can actually do an adjustment here like to see like, okay, so given your opponents, what's your effective field goal percentage actually? Well, it's you know, when you click the little adjust button, it's the effective field goal percentage defense uh, drops from 30 to 35. Right. Like because some of that is built on. Uh, you know, not very good shooting teams that, you know, they played early in the year, you know, that sort of thing. So um, the adjustments and then you look at, you know, turnover percentage drops to 308. I mean, whatever. So anyway, it's it's kind of interesting, you know, and again, it's it's always one of those things where you're never really sure, like, um, you know, exactly how valid the stats are. Right. We talk about, you know, validity, but uh, but it is always sort of interesting to kind of look at and and uh you know, play around with it's definitely it's definitely the kind of site you go and you play around a little bit and just kind of figure out like you know like hey what if what if this and he has a lot of stuff that's like you know what if what if life was like this or what if this guy played or what if this guy didn't play or you know what you oh know, so for example i tweeted out a graph or um uh, a few like early in the season when uh, WC's offense was like really and like bonton's efficiency was really low and w, and raps was like low and like someone had tweeted out um, a graph of like every player since like two thousand, like however far um, uh, Bart's uh, numbers go back, uh, and you could see it was like it was like fifteen or twenty years, 
and you could see Ryan Rapp and Isaac Bonton very clearly from this season on that graph. Like there was because you can you can um you can Bart has this cool thing where you can like have all the team logos for everything, so it looks pretty cool. Um, like his site is super fun. Like yeah. I highly recommend it. If you um, have time to play around with it, it's it's definitely fun yeah, to, to um, mess around. But with. but yeah, like it was so like WCU had these like historically weird and bad offensive players going. Both of them have are, are much more normal at this point. But like, um, but yeah, so it's you know Bart's site's fun. I don't know how we got talking about Bart. <laughs> I, I can see you were talking about wins above bubble. Yeah. Um, we definitely got to get Bart on maybe in the summer. Like, it'd be super fun. That or maybe he'll fun. come on before, you know, tournament time. I don't know. That's probably when people he's want to talk pro- Yeah, him, he's probably in high demand yeah. there. Yeah, but he's a, he's fun. I, Bartorvik.com. Uh, it's, uh, you know, if if, 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 if $20 for Kempom is just too much for you, you can get some value out of Bart yep. Torvik as well. Yep. So, um, but I highly recommend just paying Kevin 20 bucks too. Um because uh, his site's a little more uh, simpler to digest. And, uh, I mean, Bart has a section called Funalytics. Like <laughs> it's it's really I'm, I I kid you not when I say like Bart's site is des- is designed around like really just having fun and playing around with silly things. And some of it is kind of semi serious. Like like Ken's is you know serious analysis. Uh, Bart's site is like kind of serious, but also like. You know how how could we play around with some of these numbers and make them interesting? Um, so, yeah, it's fun. I like it. I don't go there probably as much as I should, but yeah. Well, Jeff, it is almost midnight. And Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> we, All this right, is so our hopefully log, that question. I can officially say episode one thirteen is our. Oh yeah, hopefully we didn't. Oh help my you god, in we're over two whatsoever. hours. I know we didn't. <laughs> Yeah, dude, we're over two hours. This is our longest episode ever. <laughs> well, hopefully the guy, what was it, Jeff, right? Jeff, who asked the question, uh, hopefully it answered yeah. the question about what, what you were looking for there. If he made it this far. Um, so, yeah. I guess uh, we'll find out. If you made it this far, and if you have not God rated us you. five stars, like, what is wrong with you? Go to your app and rate us five stars and leave us a review and say you listened to the two-hour episode. That's how much you Hell love this yeah. show. So you made it to the end until Craig's yelling at you to do five stars. Write all that in the review. I mean, if you have any more questions like Jeff and want to make us like talk an extra half an hour, yeah. uh, podcast vs. everyone at gmail.com podcast versus everyone at gmail.com um at the craig powers on twitter is me at pod vs everyone pod versus everyone um is jeff on twitter and uh go kooks go kooks craig black lives matter black lives matter <laughs>